Experience the difference at Woodhouse Buick GMC. From the GMC Acadia to the Buick Encore, we're sure to have a vehicle that fits your lifestyle. Our climate-controlled showroom guarantees a comfortable shopping experience every time you visit. Plus, our commitment to our customers continues well beyond the date of purchase. You will leave our lot feeling comfortable and confident in your new vehicle. Start your car buying journey today, in-store or online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com. We are professional grade. This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. This is how it's always been. I'm on the outside looking in. Welcome to Double Love, the podcast in which we explore the strange and terrifying world of Sweet Valley High, book by book. I'm Anna Carey. I'm Karen Moynihan. And this week, it's episode 70. Can you believe it? That many episodes. Or sorry, it's book 70. It's actually considerably more episodes. And <laughs> oh, it is Ms. Quarterback. That's right. She's here and she means business. Oh, she certainly does. Well, you can see she means business from the cover. Can you describe it, please? Uh, I can. Uh, yeah, we can do We can do blurbs after. Um, she, oh, sorry. Yes. I'm, I'm so dazzled by her. Blue steel. <laughs> I mean, she's quite the formidable cover model. Um, yeah, we can start with the cover, though. So, yeah, it's, yeah. it's Claire Middleton, who we had previously heard a little bit about. Um, but, yeah, here she is on her own cover, all by herself, um, staring right down the lens. Uh, she's mm. gorgeous. Uh, Claire has this lovely long brown hair, kind of a side-swept fringe. Um, it's a good look. She's wearing like a football jersey with the proper mm. like padding and everything. So she's got the big footballer shoulders uh, and she's clutching uh, an American football as well. Um, yeah. And I have to say, like, it's funny, this cover, like, I don't remember ever actually reading this book as a kid. <laughs> However, I so vividly remember this cover and like being in the library and holding this book and looking at this cover and being like, ah, yes, this is a feminism. Like, <laughs> just imprinted on me. And ever since, like when I think Sweet Valley High covers, this is one of the ones I think of. So I've actually Ooh. been really looking forward to this book because I genuinely could not remember had I ever read it. And I actually don't think I did. So I don't know what oh. I was doing just holding the book. <laughs> never actually just taking it out. You were so dazzled by Claire's steely gaze. Maybe she just intimidated me. I don't know mm. what it was, but yeah, just I was, so I've actually been really looking forward to this one. Um, and I'm glad to say it didn't disappoint. So that was it very didn't. exciting. <laughs> well, um, yeah. So yeah, will we will we do some blurbs? Yes. Um, I'm so mesmerized by Blue Steel there. But, <laughs> uh, got confused. But the opening tag cover tagline is a girl on the football team? <laughs> Question mark. No, no messing. <laughs> oh, and the answer is yes. Spoiler alert. <laughs> you knew it was coming. It's true. What's the back cover line? May the best person win. Ooh, I love that they're doing a sort of a gender neutral word mm. there. They're, they're messing with their minds. It's nice. I like it. Yeah. Well, the blurb is full of drama too. <laughs> Ken Matthews has regained his sight only to face another battle. Oh. <laughs> Poor Ken. <laughs> Now that he's recovered, everyone assumes that Ken is sure to win back his old position as quarterback for the Gladiators. 
but Sweet Valley High is stunned when Ken's toughest competition comes from the shy new junior, Claire Middleton. Mm-hmm. Terry Adams, Ken Matthews' girlfriend, sees Claire not only as a threat to Ken's football career, but also to her own relationship with Ken. Can Terry find a way to get Claire off the field so that Ken can resume his rightful place on the team? Oh, Terry. I mean, that sort of implies that the whole book is her sort of scheming, which she really only has one moment of scheming, which she does regret quite quickly. That is true. Yeah, it does sound like it's it's Terry having it out for Claire the whole way through mm. if you were to just go by this blurb, but that's not really the case at all. Yeah, that's no, true. It's- it's a bit of a more complicated situation. Mm, it's more nuanced than that. Yes. <laughs> think you'll find. <laughs> well, we begin at Sweet Valley High and Liz is going to meet Todd on her way to a pep rally. Your favourite. <laughs> you know our feelings about pep rallies. Anyway, uh, it's been organised by Coach Schultz to cheer on the team for their last big game with Palisades. And it's a semi-final or something. I have no idea how this works. Do they all get <laughs> points like in like when the, like in the World Cup qualifiers or something? I just I don't really understand. I was yeah, I was with them. On. I was with them to a point because it was like, okay, they're playing the Pumas this weekend and Palisades, you know, they have a big rivalry with Palisades. That's mm. fine. But it's like, okay, they're the, one of the biggest rivals, but then that game is the last one before the all-important match with Big Mesa two weeks later. Yes. And it's like, okay, so this is like yeah. their second last match. That's fine. But then it's like, um, if Sweet Valley could beat Big Mesa, the Gladiators would have a chance to go to the state playoffs. And it's like, okay, now you've lost me. I don't know what's happening yeah. anymore. What is, what is going on? It's not like it's a league, as you know, a straightforward league, as far as I can tell. I don't know. Like, um, I guess yeah. all you need to... It, I guess in the plot, it doesn't really make much difference. Yeah, it's just the big Mesa game is a big deal, basically. Yes, exactly. Um, well, Liz can't wait for the rally because we're told Sweet Valley High had been through some rough turmoil in the past few weeks. And like a number of other students, Lizbeth was hoping the rally would help revive school spirit. Because that's the way to deal with one of your fellow students being like beaten unconscious by a racist mob. Mm. Yeah, Pep Rally will sort all that out. (laughs) Yikes. Good Lord. I mean, we kind of predicted things would go this way after the last book and depressingly, our predictions have basically been fulfilled. Mm. Well, Liz asks Todd if Coach is going to announce that quarterback Scott Trost is, is, as rumours suggest, going to be booted off the team because he's failing two subjects. And Todd says he can't reveal inside sports world info. (laughs) But... um, Liz says it can't stay secret for long. True, yeah. Also, it seemed like there was a bunch of them having this conversation in the last book. Mm, there were. I thought it was kind of like he. it was a whatever many strikes and you're out in terms of, uh, I know it is three strikes and you're out. I'm not that ignorant of sports <laughs> things, but I thought it might be, I didn't know what exactly the rules of Sweet Valley academic probation were, you know, mm. how many you had to fail. But it seemed yeah. like everybody thought he was really risking it last time. True, yeah. Anyway, yeah, Scott's, Scott's in bother by the sounds of things. Mm. Well, Liz also wonders if they're going to learn more uh, about the girl who wants to be a quarterback and submitted this wish, or at least something implying that that was what she wished, into the Sweet Valley poll, which that was in the Oracle, which uh, we get a little reminder of. Mm. And Todd thinks that was a joke. 
<laughs> yeah, he's like, no girl in her right mind would try out for quarterback. But um, but Liz is like, no, I think this girl was serious and I think it's great. Uh, yeah. Todd kind of then goes, oh, I'm all for a, gr- a girl quarterback, but I may be the exception uh, if the other guys on the basketball team are any indication. Apparently, a lot of them are pretty chauvinistic and I bet the football team is the same way. It's like... <laughs> okay so what you just stand there and listen to them talk like that is it <laughs> well maybe he argues with them we don't know I guess it's maybe. good he knows the word chauvinistic you know what that is more than I was expecting from Todd mm. to be fair yeah well Liz hopes whoever this girl is she'll prove them all wrong hmm. at the rally they find Enid and she, and, uh, she has news about Scott um, yeah it, it seems like it's 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 happening that uh, Chrome Dome and Coach Schultz have been in meetings all day long, but it doesn't seem like there's any way around it because, you know, they tend to break the rules for footballers in yeah, this school. Yeah, that's true. But I think he's failed in another class. So I think it's like, okay, yeah, so they're failing everything. Like they, they can't taught. push this. Uh, they can't really push it this time. So, yeah, apparently he's on probation um, for the rest of the term, which means the rest of the football season. So mm. he's not going to be playing Big Mesa. He is not. And we're reminded that he got his big break because of Ken's accident. We got a little mm-hmm. recap of that fatal night and told that before that, that allegedly fatal night, although it was not fatal, you might recall, <laughs> uh, Ken was headed for a football scholarship. And then we're told, on top of being talented, he was handsome and friendly. It seemed that he had everything going for him. Karen, did you write this? No. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely didn't put in the bit about him being every bit as good looking and strong as it ever been. (laughs) (laughs) I'll bet he is. Well, Liz looks over and sees Ken and uh, his girlfriend Terry in the bleachers and wonders if he's heard the news yet. And she thinks from what Terry has said to her that his vision isn't 100% yet. But Todd says, I played basketball with Ken last Saturday. That guy can't see. He's got some kind of guardian angel telling him where the basket is. Yeah, Todd reckons that uh, if, uh, yeah, he's like, if I know Ken Matthews, there's no way he's going to sit back and let an opportunity like this pass by. So he reckons Ken is definitely going to try out that he's the obvious choice to uh, to take up the spot. We cut to Jessica, who is in typical psychotic villain mode throughout this book. <laughs> oh, she's, yeah, full steam ahead, crazy bitch mode. Like. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, yeah, she's, uh, she's, she's displeased as she watches her fellow cheerleaders and we're told it seemed to her that some people had actually stopped paying attention to the cheerleaders and that was something Jessica wouldn't stand for. I love that she's absolutely fuming that she's just like, no one's looking at me. <laughs> yeah, it's literally it. <laughs> Shocking stuff. Well, she complains about the boring old cheers to Robin and uh, we're told that even Amy, she's the latest recruit to the um, to the team, is getting bored with all their routines. Um, and uh, before Robin could argue about this, Maria rushes up and tells them all about Scott uh, being boosted off the team. And uh, Amy's like, oh shit. And why? Is she feeling all uncomfortable? The oh. venal little bitch. <laughs> yeah, well, it'll be awkward for her, I guess, because she well, she was dating or kind of is dating Scott. I think she is. Yeah, she is. That's but only reply. only since he became the quarterback, because if we all remember, she oh. was, you know, kind of dating Ken or at least throwing herself at Ken mm. uh, while he was quarterback and then fucking dropped him as soon as he had his accident because she's oh. a stone cold bitch. She really is. And we're told she'd been looking forward to basking in Scott's glory during the weeks ahead. And Jessica rightly says, maybe Ken will try out for the spot again. That'd be kind of awkward for you, wouldn't it? And Amy storms off. Fantastic. Well, Coach takes the mic 
and reveals that they're going to have tryouts for the quarterback position on Monday. And Ken notices, uh, or sorry, Jess notices how shocked Ken looks. Oh, yeah, I'm kind of surprised that Ken is so surprised. I feel like he's, you know, he's mm. friends with everyone who would, like he's friends with the football team still, you would assume. And mm. like Terry works with the football mm. team. She's still, she's like an assistant manager she's or something promoted, now. yeah. She has. So like, how has this like not reached him before yeah. now? But look, anyway. <laughs> well, um, like she uh, she's kind of shocked as well by coach's announcement so I don't know what the hell is going on because <laughs> people were talking about it at the end of the last book <laughs> yeah. um, but John Pfeiffer woo, yeah. um, asks her if Ken is going to try out for his old place in the team which is kind of what Terry's worried about because she's not really sure he's he's ready yeah, because Ken, like his vision has gotten like a lot better, but it was quite a serious injury, like a mm. head injury that he had. And of course, head injuries and football absolutely oh do not God, go together. I know. Like, but um, yeah, she's just kind of worried, I think, that if, if he does try out, that he just not, might not be ready yet uh, because he's also like the vision is much better, but it's not 100 percent. And he does have kind of slight episodes where his vision blurs or goes a bit mm. fuzzy. So, yeah, it's a bit yeah. dicey still. Um, and uh, he's been, you know, the doctor has said this is to be expected. So there's mm. no suggestion that like he is going blind again. But yeah, it's, it's not necessarily. I mean, I'm guessing something like that. Like you couldn't drive. Oh, no. Sure sometimes not. he literally goes blind for a second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, she hopes that he doesn't feel under pressure from like his fr- his fans basically and his friends because it's the immediate reaction from pretty much everybody in school is like Ken must return to his rightful mm. throne that's it they're all dying to know what he's going to do and kind of assuming that he's going to go for it and get it so it's kind mm. of it is like immediate pressure on Ken so Terry's good that way I suppose that she's trying to make sure that no one's pushing him into it before he's ready yeah Meanwhile, Elizabeth and Enid leave the rally and Enid uh, says that she wants uh, SVH to really win big against Big Mesa, which uh, surprises Liz. Yeah, and I had totally forgotten about all this because we just haven't really had much much Enid chat in in a good few books at this stage. But of course, Enid goes out with Hugh Grayson, who's a senior at Big Mesa. Because I was kind of reading this going, oh yeah, Hugh, (laughs) where's he been? The one with her grandma, I don't think. God, that was ages ago. Yeah, So long ago. Well, uh, yeah, Liz is... um, uh, Liz is Liz is surprised when Enid says that uh, lately it seems that her and Hugh are more on opposite teams than ever, and we're told Liz is surprised because last she heard things were great between them. What? Like they're meant to be best friends. When you're like a teenager, you are literally giving your friends blow by blow live accounts. Very true you know mobile phones oh like you're in school together there's daily updates like yeah, yeah. how are you like oh last i heard just like <laughs> on the grapevine god yeah well edith says she'll tell she'll tell her more later which she doesn't um and says that uh, my loyalties are definitely with sweet valley high these days Ooh. and mm, You'd sort of think this is going to go somewhere in this book. Doesn't really. It really doesn't, no. Mm. Well, Liz worries about him. When he joins Todd, he says what he did when her parents were separated. It's like, oh, I'm sure it's just a tiff. Because it's like, he clearly does not care about any of these other people's romances. He's just trying to change the subject. (laughs) He has no interest. Hmm. Well, Liz remembers their own troubles and guesses, you know, they've gone through tough times. So maybe Enid and Hugh will too. And then Liz sees Penny and she's reminded that uh, that she's forgotten something. 
Yeah, um, she was supposed to have organised an interview with Claire Middleton uh, because she's just transferred from Palisades. Um, And apparently this isn't the first time lately that she's been kind of forgetful about her work for the Oracle. But again, this was like, oh, is this something that's going to, you know, come up and and be kind of a pattern? But again, this didn't really go anywhere either. Yeah. Um, Because, yeah, the last time she was being like forgetful about stuff like this was when it was like when Todd had gotten back and she was kind of throwing herself into just spending as much time with oh, him as possible that's true and they both yeah. just bailed on all their other commitments but yeah there's nothing like that going on so I don't know why they've done it like this but anyway yeah, uh, yeah the upshot is that she was supposed to have organized this interview with Claire um but yeah she kind of runs up to Penny then and lies to her face and says I haven't forgotten about interviewing Claire yeah. <laughs> um but Penny has already organized it apparently and yeah. uh, just wants them to to meet up now and uh do get this away. interview done yeah apparently they do interviews with students who've transferred to Sweet Valley High in the past year and it's like Wh- why who wants to read that <laughs> who cares like well let's, the interview is taking place in some courtyard we've never heard of before <laughs> and we're told it was a favourite place for students to spend a quiet quiet time during lunch hours oh, yeah. so, so like ceramic pots it's got a terrace it's got yeah, benches it's like these maple benches that's true. It's like, where the fuck is this secret <laughs> courtyard, lads? <laughs> well, Claire is fa- knows her way there already and uh, basically told how gorgeous she is. Yeah, Claire's hot. Like, we knew that from the cover, but it's just confirmed uh, in here because, um, yeah, she's she's tall, she's pretty, she's got an oval face and a beautiful <gasps> smile, freckles across her cheeks and her nose. Uh, her eyes are an unusual pale green shade. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Claire's hot. <laughs> yeah, though her slim figure... It's hidden by her outfits, which I presume is going to be saved. Yeah, like the it, it's pretty much too like this, and I think maybe the cheerleaders' mm. uniforms are uh, pretty much all we're getting in outfits. But look, there's plenty of other good stuff. It'll be okay. Yes. Well, let's just say she's not wearing a sort of uh, a Jessica-style spandex <laughs> boob tube. Very true. <laughs> well, I feel really feel for Liz in this scene because I have done interviews with people who just sort of gave yes no answers even to questions that you wouldn't think they could give yes no answers to. And <laughs> uh yeah, this interview is painful. It is. And that's funny actually that that was your reaction to it, which of course makes sense because you've clearly obviously been in that position whereas I was really going Claire doesn't want to do this interview, just leave her alone. Like you don't have to do it. Why does she have to have this chat with I you? Know. Can she not just be like I'd rather not? And it's like that's fine. It's like a compulsory <laughs> interview when you uh, transfer to Sweet Valley High. I know. Yeah, I absolutely don't blame her for uh for for not going along with, uh, not wanting to go along with this. But I think she should have just said, no, I don't want to do it. Well, that's also true, yeah. As opposed to turning up and then <laughs> giving Liz nothing. Um, well, when uh, Liz tries to sort of get desperate when her questions aren't going anywhere and eventually asks, uh, you know, so do you have any siblings who've started in Sweet Valley High too? And Claire just freezes. and It's like, I've got nothing to say and pretty much runs away. Yeah, it it is a very weird interview and a kind of mm. Liz is asking very very normal questions like, Oh, you know, how come you moved to Sweet Valley? And she kind of starts and then says, Oh, no reason. And yeah, she's clearly holding something back and very yeah. uncomfortable in terms of talking about herself or her life before Sweet Valley, I suppose. Mm. <laughs> so yeah, but it's it's a very weird and strained uh, interview. It hundred percent is. And Liz hopes she gets another shot of talking to her, or this feast <laughs> will be terrible. So <laughs> I do feel your pain, Liz. I've been there. Well, Liz arrives home and chats with Jessica about the quarterback race. And um, Jessica says somehow it's hard to concentrate on school spirit if they don't know who's going to be the quarterback next. (laughs) 
<laughs> I guess I don't get the whole school spirit thing. So maybe this is true. Yeah, who knows? We're not familiar with the concept of school spirit. <laughs> <laughs> or the emotion. <laughs> well, uh, Liz agrees for some reason and said she was hoping that the pep rally would, you know, kind of bring us all back together. We get a little recap of the last book. And then we're told that several students and teachers, including Elizabeth and Jessica, were working on a racial awareness program for Sweet Valley High. Oh, the fuck, Jessica is like only participating in this and they haven't somehow given her the job of like organising it. <laughs> God, yeah. I, I, and again, I don't I don't really think this gets picked up in later books or anything. I can't imagine that it does. Mm. And I certainly have no memory of that anyway. So it's very like, we're not pretending like, you know, racism is a, a one-off incident. We're, we're carrying it through. And it's like, yeah, but are you though? <laughs> yes. And also, I don't remember you bringing any more black characters in mm. until we got somebody, actually one of the more relatable characters one who's a character, a girl who comes to Sweet Valley High from New York and is like, what is this town? This is insane. <laughs> but again, she's her storyline is kind of uh, like a, a racial awareness storyline too. Okay, yeah. So typically. Um, well, yeah, we're uh, Elizabeth says, it worries me how many people are ignoring what happened to Andy. I think a lot of kids feel that pretending it never happened is the only way to make it go away. Well, yeah, like the ghostwriters. <laughs> Pretty much like, yeah. And then Jessica shrugged. As usual, her attention was beginning to drift. Just so, like she truly is just like a budgie with a mirror. Mm. Just like, mm, what about ha- me? And what's this over here? Like, yeah, there's no there's no attention span here at all. Yeah, well, she hopes that if Ken is the quarterback again, they might get some back of their old school spirit. I guess that will somehow cure racism too. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> And Liz asks her if she knows Claire Middleton, and Jessica has quite a surprising answer. I did not see this coming. Yeah, no. so she's like, I don't really know her, but apparently, uh, her and Amy had been talking about trying to get her to join the sorority. She's like, she looks like Pi- a Pi Beta Alpha, and Liz is like, What? Really? <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, uh, well, it's basically spoiler alert: a kind of the equivalent of a div- you know meaningless diversity uh, menu, you know sort of PR movement um, <laughs> that they're going to like ask a, a popular an unpopular girl because that's what counts as diverse in Pi Beta Alpha Jesus. to uh, to join um, but uh, Elizabeth thinks that maybe you know she ought to be glad if Jessica was trying to cha- change PB, uh, Pi BA exclusive approach then that's yeah the that's, that's the thing because I suppose in that re- in that survey from the last book people had complained about the yeah. uh, the sorority being too exclusive and that you know it's not fair and it's like Liz had to agree with them I was like then why the fuck are you still in it oh the but ultimate like, question we've all wondered this they keep saying even though she rarely attended meetings like that doesn't matter you're still a member like <laughs> just leave you're validating just, it's bullshit truly yeah but anyway yeah so apparently they're having a bit of an image crisis and they reckon asking some random new girl to to join will uh, put everything to rights. Mm. Well, on Saturday morning, Terry wakes up feeling a bit shit. Um, and like she's snapping at her little brother when he asks about Ken uh, trying out for the team. And we're told that just like you, Karen, ordinarily, Terry loves to think about <laughs> Ken. He loves talking about him and even just saying his name. It's like looking in a mirror, Terry. <laughs> <laughs> Do you feel really seen by this book, Karen? So seen, uh, slightly attacked, yes. 
Uh, well, it turns out that uh, there's trouble in paradise because their planned date, double date last night was a fiasco. Yeah, they were supposed to go to the movies with Boo, John Viper, oh. uh, and his girlfriend, Jennifer Mitchell. <laughs> Remember her? Yeah, um, but, I do. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but apparently it didn't It didn't work out. John had been late picking everyone up, so they missed the yeah. film. Cheap and job. then then Jennifer wanted to stop off at the Dairy Burger to see who was around. Terry was like, yeah, that'll be fun. But as soon as they walked in, uh, she felt like everything had started to fall apart because Ken was just like immediately surrounded by people from school badgering uh. him basically about whether he was going to try out. Yes. Um, and it's like, yeah, it obviously meant a lot uh, to him that the other students were behind him and wanted him backing up the team. But I think pretty quickly, Terry kind of started to feel left out because no mm. one was really talking to her. And I suppose Ken's attention was away from her as well because, you know, everybody was on his case about it. So, yeah, it wasn't wasn't an ideal uh, date night. Yeah. And for the first time, we're told, she realised that if Ken decided to try out for quarterback, it's going to mean a big change in their relationship. Yeah, he would have less time for her. And I think, yeah, the more she thought about it, the more upset she'd become. Because um, I suppose, yeah, f- football was, I suppose, so much of his his time and energy before mm. as the quarterback and you know, your yeah. star player or whatever. Um, there's obviously training like every week and matches and everything. So, yeah, she's kind of starting to worry now as to whether he's going to kind of slip away from her if he does end up going back yeah. on the team. Because they've never gone out with him as a footballer. Like their whole True. relationship has taken place without him having the constant pressures of the quarterback life. <laughs> oh. um, and later Ken obviously notices something's up and he asks when they're on the road if she's okay and she sort of brushes him off. But he says, now I have to say, this is the one moment where our himbo prince <laughs> is kind of a dick. That is true, yeah. Um, but also, is this? Yeah, he says this in front of John and Jennifer. Oh, um, is, is it in front of them? What yeah, the which, is, which, is, which is extra bad. Yeah, because um, yeah, worse, he, yeah. He, he does notice that uh, that Terry's kind of not really being her usual self, and he's kind of saying, "Oh, you know, now that I might be back on the team, I hope you're not going to turn out to be the kind of girl who gets jealous whenever you spend time away from her at practice or talking about the game or whatever." Um, and again, it's unfair because Terry's so involved with the team. It's like. Yeah. Why, why do you think football talk would, would upset her? Like she's basically on the team, like yeah. part, of, part of the structure of the team. But anyway. She's the uh, assistant manager. Like, exactly. She's heavily involved. But yeah, he's like, oh, you know, the kind of girl who acts like you're a jerk because you're not hanging all over her every minute. And Terry's like, what the fuck? Like, Where's this all, coming from? She's like, well, I'm not that kind of girl. And she loves football. And also he has said this in front of John and Jennifer, which is really embarrassing. Mm. And there was no need for that. So that was a, a slap on the wrist for old Ken, as far as I'm concerned. Yes. Now, but in fairness, he's he's more good than bad in this book which this is the thing I preemptively put him in the bin you in did. the last episode so if anything I'm putting myself in the bin for judging oh. him unfairly <laughs> so I will take the hit on it's a lesson to us all yeah well um, so the next day it's this is obviously you know still bothering Terry um, and you know there she also feels bad because there's a part of her that knows that she is worried that you know she'll that the him if he gets back on the team it'll damage their relationship but she hopes they, they're going to go to the gladiators versus pumas game and um uh we're reminded that how before the accident uh every uh, people like amy were all over ken and then after the accident they dropped him like a stone oh by the way then we're told ken did you write this karen yes <laughs> Ken was handsome and had a great build. But more important to her had been his Ken's good sense of humour. Really? 
He's amazing. You leave him alone. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're reminded that despite his improvements, he still gets the odd, you know, sort of blackout, like not unconscious blackout, but not being able to see it all blackout. And Terry is afraid that going back to football too soon might result in some kind of serious relapse. And in fairness, given the effect of American football on like the amount of brain injuries that happen Mm. anyway, if you're not already suffering from a brain injury... Yeah, these, like, these are these are not unfounded uh, worries, in fairness to Terry, yeah. Exactly. In fact, I remember reading an article in The New Yorker years ago that pointed out that the effect of, you know, some of the, like, slamming your head against people in American football is basically the equivalent on your brain being rattled around inside your head as multiple car crashes. Jesus. Yeah. So, not great. Yeah, not super uh, the thing for a guy who's quite recently had a head injury. In a car crash. Mm-hmm. Mm. So, uh, she arrives at Ken's house, uh, where she finds Winston and Ken goofing around playing football. And she asks Ken if he's serious about trying out. And when Winston is like, why wouldn't he try out? Ker- Terry says something that she kind of regrets immediately. Oh, um, yeah, she kind of, this is it. Nobody knows that Ken is having these issues. But she does just kind of say, what about when your vision blurs or you get those blackouts, Mm. she asked. And immediately she's like, oh, fuck, I shouldn't have said that. Because like, Winston obviously didn't know, like nobody except her and Ken, and obviously his family, I guess, like knew about this. So the fact that she's now blurted this out in front of one of his friends, it it was, it was out of line. Yeah. Yeah. And she knows it's out of line. Like she regrets it as soon as the words are out of her mouth. But um, so Ken is awkward and Winston sort of jokes about, oh, you know, don't be a wet blanket, Terry. Um, (laughs) And Terry whispers an apology to Ken, but it's clearly got to a bit it hurt his feelings his poor little feelings oh <laughs> think about as he was on the cover of that fatal night oh poor Ken <laughs> well at school Jessica is bitching about how stupid all their cheers are and Robin <laughs> rightly gives out to her for just like whinging all the time especially as we I mean Robin doesn't know this we do it's just because she wants boys to pay attention to her <laughs> as ever it's her usual motivation in fairness but yeah Robin's like stop complaining because you're dragging down the morale of the whole squad and again like this whole this alleged school spirit is kind of you know, <laughs> the whole point of these cheerleaders and uh, yeah it's it's not really them fulfilling their purpose if Jessica's just whinging and moaning at every practice true well Jessica then has an idea she suggests that they have a competition to see who can think up the best new cheer which she is sure that she will win yeah, she's like, she's already decided she would be the one to come up with the best one. Um, and I think, yeah, Amy's like, yeah, that's a great idea. Uh, Robin's like, all right, fine. But like, I still don't see what's wrong with the ones that we have. Mm-hmm. Um, then, yeah, Jessica's like, no, we'll make it a contest. And whoever, who, so yeah, see who comes up with the best new cheer between now and the big Mesa game. Yes. Um, and then so, they'll debut it. At exactly. The at the game, because that's that's the, the headline event for this book. Yeah. Yes. And by the way, we learn that Jessica wants this new cheer because we know she she craves and indeed thrives on a ten- well thrives by her standards I mean not for she gets worse um, get, uh, gets attention uh, on attention because uh, she she wants to attract the the fancy of one of the gladiators an incredibly shy but hunky player called Danny Porter and somehow her doing a new cheer will do this? I mean, I've no idea what her thought process is here, but yeah, apparently a new cheer will, will get Danny's attention on her and not, you know, the squad as a whole. But um, yeah, she's he's apparently he's got these heartbreakingly blue eyes and Ooh. if they're not in her direction, she's just not having it. 
No. <laughs> well, of course, Sweet Valley win the game and uh, Scott Trost goes out on a high. Um, Jessica tries to congratulate Danny and he just blushes and runs away. No. <laughs> run, Danny, run! Run, keep going. <laughs> Go long, real long. Longer. <laughs> <laughs> And then she sees Claire and and we learn officially what uh, we may all have suspected, that Jessica and Amy had, quote, decided to use her to prove the Pi Beta Alpha wasn't as snobby as people thought. Personally, she didn't see what was so bad about being a little exclusive, but she didn't want the sorority to get in trouble for it. <laughs> this is like the equivalent of greenwashing. I don't know what word to call it, whether it's like having a slight, you know, a not particularly popular person in your sorority, but it's just a meaningless exercise. It's completely meaningless. Window yeah, dressing. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's, um, yeah, it's just Jessica being mercenary as usual. Um, but yeah, she reckons this is the time to approach Claire. Um, and it's amazing because um, she kind of hurries over to her. Uh, Claire's sitting, I think, on a bench somewhere. And uh, Claire looks up when Jess comes over. It's like, Claire looked up, surprised. And Jess is like, hi, I'm Jessica, Jessica Wakefield. You haven't met me yet. <laughs> Jessica made it sound as if Claire had been missing out on something wonderful. <laughs> I mean, quite the opposite, Claire. You're better off. Oh, God. I just love that this is Jessica's vibe when she's meeting somebody new. It's like, you are so lucky getting to meet me. I kind of wish I was you getting to meet me because I'm amazing. <laughs> just well, classic Jessica. I have to say that my husband, when he was a very small child, like three or four, apparently, and frankly, odiously, used to apparently enter rooms at family gatherings where they go, It's me! <laughs> The one you've all been waiting for. Yes, or alternatively, <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> now we can start enjoying ourselves. So he was a tiny Jessica Wakefield. Basically. Apparently he was. And uh, <laughs> he's, I think he has grown out of such tendencies now. <laughs> <laughs> mostly yeah, yeah. but uh, Jessica is uh, yeah she she goes through life thinking everybody is going to be absolutely delighted to see her and uh, I mean some of them will clearly learn to uh, that this is this is a false promise um, by the way she also thinks that up close Claire wasn't quite as much Pi Beta Alpha as she'd thought from a distance uh, yeah I mean like I don't know. It's just because she's wearing a shapeless T-shirt and jeans and apparently that's not good enough. But like, Mm. like, what is the point of this whole exercise if it's not, you know, trying to get someone a bit different from all the usual fucking bitches that are in your sorority? Not that different, though. Just still gorgeous. (laughs) Yeah, that's the thing, because Claire is gorgeous. But Mm. anyway, yeah. Well, Jess has something like great game and then Claire gives some football like shtick. Jessica doesn't understand, is baffled by this. You would think she would have figured out the rules of the game from being at all of them. But this is the thing. Like, I know she's obviously, you know, busy and cheering and whatever, but like, mm. they're still watching the game when yeah. the play is going on. Like, it's only in the betweeny bits that they're out cheering because oh. otherwise they're distracting from the game, you know? So yeah. she's there. Is she? She's obviously just not paying attention. <laughs> yeah, as, as far as Jessica's concerned, football is uh, a bunch of cute guys rushing around wearing uniforms. Who knew anything about a linebacker blitz? So, oh. yeah, apparently she's just been cluelessly watching them run over and back on the field. <laughs> for, like shapes. Like, However many years she's been a cheerleader and has picked up absolutely nothing. <laughs> nothing. She's as ignorant as we are. But yeah. we have the excuse of not going to every single football game for years. <laughs> well then, Claire, I have to say, bear in mind, she does not know what Jessica is like. She is mind-blowingly rude to a stranger. 
in I know, zine. but I, st- I still love it though because it's being rude to Jessica and no <laughs> one's ever rude to her or like clearly doesn't give a shit about what she thinks or what her deal is and it's just so delightful that someone's <laughs> pissing her off so much that I kind of love it even though I totally take your point and she is quite rude but I still just wrote down I love her. <laughs> <laughs> well, share what she says. Um, yeah, because I suppose Jessica's like, oh, you know, you sound like you really know your stuff. Um, and Claire's like, yeah, I'm pretty obsessed about football. Um, and then she kind of like looks at Jessica's uniform because Jessica is obviously a cheerleader and like the disdain on Claire's face was obvious don't you think being a cheerleader is just a little bit sexist she blurted out after all it's just a bunch of girls prancing around in cute little costumes Jessica's like no one spoke to Jessica Wakefield like that (laughs) so like Claire has immediately made an enemy here all thoughts of inviting her to PBA have vanished she's like what was wrong with Claire maybe she didn't want to be a cheerleader but that didn't give her the right to be so critical Uh, and Jess points out you know we happen to work very hard and it's not sexist we never said boys couldn't join um, and, you know, she's like, you know, it's a lot more than just, you know, uh, wearing uniforms. Um, but yeah, Claire is like, you know, whatever suits yourself. I think you do yourselves and everyone else a lot more good if you played a sport instead of jumping around and screaming. And like, yeah, again, Claire is being rude. And like, there's obviously more to cheerleading than jumping around the place. Like it is, it is a sport. Like yeah. you're gymnastics. Athletics. Yeah. yeah, it absolutely is. Um, but it's just, I just love that someone just doesn't give a shit about Jessica and what she's into. And it's just like... I just love seeing someone give her shit, basically. True. I mean, I always do love that. But I yeah. thought, imagine if that was Robin that she said to. We just yeah, said, that, who is this weird bitch who's just yeah, talking yeah. like this to somebody she's literally just met? <laughs> Very true. Oh, see this thing you're into? I think it's shit. <laughs> I think it's stupid and you're an idiot. <laughs> but I mean, see then, but again, it's someone saying that to Jessica. And it's I like, know. Can never get oh, enough of that. Oh, better off. I mean, <laughs> seriously, if she'd slapped her, I'd probably be quite happy too. Uh, I don't condone violence. <laughs> Well, we cut to Monday morning and Terry is running late for school. She's just having one of those days. Um, and we learn she's going to be uh, helping coach with the sort of a min of the tryouts later. So people are like signing up in the morning and then there's going to be the tryouts, I guess, in the afternoon. Yes. And she's determined, we're told, to be optimistic for Ken's sake. You know, she's she's probably just being paranoid and she thinks surely Ken wouldn't make such an important decision without consulting his doctor. Um, so she can't wait to see him and, you know, cheer him on, whatever he decides. But then she's she's disappointed. Um, yeah, apparently, usually there's a, this like spot in the hallway that they usually meet in between their third and fourth uh, classes of yes. the day. Uh, so like before she goes to music and where he gets to his next class. And this is like a little routine that they have. But when she goes there, there's no sign of Ken. So she's like, oh, maybe he's late. <gasps> but there's still no sign of him when the bell is ringing and she has to go. And it's like, oh, that's weird. Because this is, this is something they do regularly. Yeah. Where are you, Ken? Yeah. Uh, we do find out, by the way. Um <laughs> So yeah, he uh, she wonders is he off? Is he sort of too busy for her already? So at lunch she meets John Fiverr, who tells her that Ken has his name is on the on the sign up sheet. Mm. Um, and she is genuinely delighted for him, even though she, I guess she's a bit taken aback he didn't bother meeting her or telling her about this. And John is already planning headlines of, of which I'm sure you approve, Karen. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, John's like, it's going to be such a great story um, that he's signing up. Uh, he's like, I can see it now. We'll call it the comeback of a quarterback or maybe <laughs> a hero returns. <laughs> I say go for a hero returns. Oh, fully. Comeback of a quarterback is terrible. It's a mouthful. Yeah. Yes. Uh, hero returns on the money. Mm. <laughs> well, uh, Terry is rightly worried about this being like a huge amount of pressure being placed on Ken. And she says this to John, like, look, he has nothing to prove. He doesn't have to like make a big comeback mm. um but john is like oh he's a shoo-in and uh he tells her that the list is going to be up till the end of lunch so terry goes to see who else has signed on and she also wants to find ken and uh yeah a lot of people have signed up but just as coach schultz is taking it down at one o'clock whatever the time of cutoff time is who should run up and ask to sign it why a feminine voice uh, rings out <laughs> wondering if there's still time um so yeah it's claire uh, booting it down the corridor because uh, she was late she had to stay after in her lab class and couldn't get away um but she's like yeah i wanted to get her before you took down the list and the coach is like looking at her in surprise <laughs> like why yeah. Claire's like because i want to add my name to it i'm not <gasps> too late am i <laughs> Um, the coach doesn't know what to do with himself he's completely confused uh, and he's like oh, yeah I know you can still he's like yeah I, I don't understand are you signing up for somebody else a friend of yours mm. and Claire's like no I want to sign up um, and he laughs at her he's like come on now you haven't been at Sweet Valley High very long have you I'm like oh god you should know the gender rules here are very rigid it's very very rigid where we are heteronormative all the way down here people very much um, so but yeah, so Claire like has come ready because she's like, look, I've looked over the school regulations. Mm. There's nothing to prevent a girl from trying out for any team she chooses. And she's like, look, you don't have to pick me, not unless I'm the best. And uh, he's like, oh, God, you're serious. Uh, and she's like, yeah, and I'm good. And points out that if there was a team for girls, she'd try out for that. But there isn't. So she's yeah. like, I shouldn't be discriminated against. I love football. And I just want a chance to try. It's yeah. like, all right, Claire, fucking tell him. And when he mentions the risk of injuries, uh, if she's tackled, she's like, well, a good quarterback, it's all about sort of speed and agility. So mm-hmm. the tackling is really an issue. It's not like, well, I mean, is this true or not? I'm going to close because I don't okay. really know what I- they do. I was, before we recorded, I started pestering Angus with questions while he was trying Ooh. to watch Forged in Fire. I was like, <laughs> do quarterbacks get tackled? <laughs> do they? So it, it does happen. Um, yes, like in general, the team does try to protect the quarterback from getting tackled because ah. they're the ones that kind of set up the passes in order to score a touchdown. Yes. Um, but, but for the most part, quarterbacks are about speed and like making distance like on the pitch and throwing passes and stuff. So in general... Yeah, they, they te- I suppose, yeah, the, the ideal is that they don't get tackled, but it does happen. Um, so there is obviously a risk of injury there for Claire. Yeah. But I suppose, as she's pointing out, yeah, if I'm amazing and fast, they won't catch me and it's not going to be an yeah. issue. But it can be an issue. And, you know, obviously that's why there aren't women in the NFL, I guess. Uh, but um, yeah, so, and it's also not unheard of for there to be female quarterbacks on college teams, it looks like. Okay. Um, oh. So like, it's rare, but not unheard yeah. of. So it can, it's not uh, this, this may be a ripped from the headlines tale. For all Maybe. We know. <laughs> Well, uh, yeah, coach says like, okay, I'll check with Mr. Cooper and uh, he warns her that people might give her a hard time out of it and she's like, cool. Yeah, she's like, like, I don't care. (laughs) So soon the news is all over school and uh, Terry eventually finds Ken in history class and in fairness, our favourite himbo has a good reason for not meeting her earlier in their special rendezvous point. Very true. We can forgive him for this as well Uh, and yeah, he leans over, gives her an apologetic look. Oh, he's lovely. (laughs) (laughs) He had to go over medical forms in the nurse's office this morning and he had an appointment with his doctor at lunchtime that he'd forgotten about so his mum had to like ring the principal's office to remind him. Um, Yeah, so he was actually quite uh, busy but like for 
all good reasons that it was like medical yeah. forms and doctor's appointments and making sure this is all going to be okay. So it's like, all right, yeah. that's cool. And he's, he's looking after himself. So that's good. Yeah. And Terry is relieved and delighted, especially when, you know, he says the doctor said there's no reason he can't try out. Mm. And when class begins, Terry and uh, Ken exchange notes about Claire trying out. And I think I can speak for both of us when I say that we're as relieved as Terry. When Ken <laughs> makes it clear, he's totally cool with Claire going for the team. That's it, because Terry's like, do you think she's crazy or is she just trying to like mess with the coach? And like Ken frowns and pauses and he's like, no, I think she's serious. He's like, maybe she'll be good. We'll see this afternoon. So he's absolutely has no issues with Claire trying out. And it's like, good. I'm so glad, Ken. You're great. Yeah. (laughs) And Terry is proud of him. She is. And I had written down at this point, Ken, I take it all back. You're the best. (laughs) (laughs) Well, me too, because we did have some, you know. But dark fairness, thoughts he, about Ken last it's true last but, he, but he also did make a bit of a show of himself in the last one talking about girl sports so there was That's some justification for, for our assumptions at the we same time we were set up for a fall we were they tricked us yeah. <laughs> well meanwhile grumpy Jessica is changing into her cheer uniform when Amy bursts into the girls changing room and breaks the news about Claire and Jessica basically does not give a shit about girls playing football in theory but because she now hates Claire she announces, and the pot calling the kettle, I mean, really, um, she announces that Claire is just, quote, doing it for attention. <laughs> this is the girl who in the very first, like, two pages was fuming because people weren't looking <laughs> at her. <laughs> exactly. Well, she decides that if, if, if this is what Claire wants, if she wants attention, uh, she says, I'd be more than happy to make sure that Claire gets all the attention she deserves. Oh, Jesus. God, sweet Lord. <laughs> well, at at the tryouts, a crowd has gathered and coach reveals that they're going to to take on um two people, a first and second string, which I guess is like the equivalent of a you know a full team member and like a sub. And like yourself, yeah. Yeah. And uh by the way, start wondering maybe it's Ken, you should be jealous because Terry notices that Claire has a firm athletic look that Terry had always admired. It's smooth to find muscles in her upper arms, thighs, and calves. <laughs> like, mm. yeah, I think Terry fancies Claire. I like, think she does. There's a lot of this of like Terry noticing how beautiful Claire is and how strong she is and like how toned her arms are. And it's like, mm. all right, Terry. I <laughs> know. Oh, well, that, again, that would be a much more interesting book. Oh, definitely. Like, there's a subplot I'm on board with. It's oh, like, man. all right, let's go. Make some moves on Claire. See what happens. Yeah. <laughs> Torn between two lovers then. <laughs> two quarterbacks <laughs> well they start the tryouts and uh, with some sprinting some t- some time trials and Ken does very well um, but when Claire gets called she does a second faster yeah that's it because uh, Terry is timing their sprints and you know t- taking down the stats as she does and uh, yeah when it comes to the running side of things Claire actually is faster than Ken and everyone's like whoa holy shit she is super fast but even at that Claire I think seems a bit unhappy with her time and yeah. looks a bit put out so it's like oh shit she's actually even faster than this because if she's not happy with this great time yeah. what else is she capable of? If this is her off day mm. uh, and Claire oh Ken typically gracious congratulates her sincerely uh, with admiration she just shrugs it off and uh, when the athletes or, or the, the tryout people are on a break Ken joins Terry and John and Liz who's there for some reason and when Liz praises Claire um, uh, she uh, uh, says she acts like a real pro to tell you the truth I think she looks pretty good out there and John Pfeiffer ugh, says and she's cute too 
Oh, fuck off, John. And then Ken says, now, Ken, don't, I don't know about saying this in front of your girlfriend. She's like, you got that right. The team could look, use someone with her looks. I mean, in front of your girlfriend, Ken, come yeah. on. Not, not super great, okay. <laughs> but then says, redeeming himself a bit, she has a lot of guts too, trying out in front of all these clowns. Truth is, I wish her a lot of luck. Yeah, okay, good. Instant redemption. Nice mm. one. <laughs> but Terry understandably feels a bit weird about him saying how hot she is. That is fair, yeah. yeah. Although Terry has also been thinking to herself how quite how hot she is. That's well. true, but she's, saying, she's not saying it out loud to Ken. Also true. <laughs> um, well, the next day, John tells Terry that the Sweet Valley News called and they want to do a special about the clear front runners in this quarterback battle, Ken and Claire. I mean, it's a, they're both good news stories, like Ted, Ken coming back after his accident, the first girl quarterback. Mm-hmm. So. Very true. Yeah, like it's unusual for the local paper to cover the high school tryouts, but uh, they always cover the games apparently. But um, yeah, because it's, it is just a real media story that uh, the two of them are coming back and giving it a go. Yes. And apparently reaction towards Claire's uh, candidacy is mixed. Yeah. Um, yeah. So like Dana, yeah, they say Dana and Liz are strongly behind her and have managed to drum up a number of others, uh, boys as well as girls who support Claire. But apparently there's still a large and vocal majority against her. Um, and yeah, it's like it was not surprising that some of the more immature and chauvinistic boys were loudest in putting Claire down. But they also don't really tell us who these guys are because I want mm, names. <laughs> yes, we want a list. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And Terry is disappointed at how many girls had complained that Claire was being unfeminine. Ugh. Ugh. Um, so yeah, Terry's own little brother doesn't approve of a girl on the team. And we're also told that la- the the previous night, so many school friends and teammates were rigging to talk to her about, you know, the big tryouts that Terry didn't even get to talk to Ken. Oh. <laughs> so she can't wait for the tryouts to be over so they can hang out again. Yeah. And um when Claire enters the field, John is all, oh, she's so cool, stylish. And Terry feels a bit weird. And then the truth hits her at her own <gasps> yeah, feelings. That's it. She's intensely jealous of Claire. Mm. And uh, Ken and pa- uh, Claire and Ken are paired for the tryout exercises. Which makes Terry feel even worse, as it would if you're feeling a bit weird about your boyfriend and some girl then it's like now do these things we're going into little huddles I know and that's the thing and I suppose and because Ken is like supportive and thinks she's great for trying out and you know and thinks she has a proper shot at it they're quite pally out on the pitch like they're kind of laughing together he gives her like a playful punch on the shoulder so from a distance they do look quite buddy buddy and I suppose yeah as as a girlfriend feeling a bit jealous you'd be like oh fuck this I know Well, uh, yeah, um, Terry feels bad and even worse, he feels guilty for feeling, you know, weird. Mm. And uh, deep down, irrational as it was, Terry was afraid that regaining a sight in his old life might mean that Ken would lose something else, his love for her. (gasps) So um, Liz, Todd and Dana are singing Claire's phrases over on the bleachers and Dana asks if Claire mentioned, um, you know, going for the team in the interview with Liz and Liz admits that she was just very cagey and didn't say much at all and Penny joins them and Liz basically reiterates this that she didn't get much from Claire and Penny asks her to go back and ask her a, you know interview her about the tryouts and says if anyone could do some good solid investigative reporting it's you yeah the gossip columnist that's who you want 
<laughs> but she's also solved a few murders in her internships at the Sweet Valley News, don't you know? <laughs> oh, that is true. I don't know if that's happening in this timeline, when it's happened. I know, yeah, it's not. You really got blown up the last time. Right? <laughs> also true. Chasing mad bombers around Sweet Valley oh, as you do. That is true. Don't worry, people, we will have another of those incredible specials <laughs> some stage. <laughs> Well, after tryouts, Liz approaches Claire and tries again, but Claire is standoffish again. And when Claire or when Liz tries asking if Claire had like a mentor or somebody who sort of got her into football, Claire gets really angry and just shuts her down. She yeah, she's like, look, nobody wants to hear about this kind of thing. I'm just like anyone else who's trying out and I just like to play football. And it's like she just doesn't want to talk about it yeah. um, at all. And Liz, I suppose understandably, is frustrated because she's like, you know, this you're clearly a big story and everyone's interested. Like there's been a massive tryout or a massive turnout to the tryouts where there yeah. normally wouldn't be because, you know, she's kind of a sensation. So uh yeah, she's just yeah, she's just not giving her anything. And uh, Claire's like, yeah, to tell you the truth, I'm kind of tired, Elizabeth. And like, Elizabeth saw that uh, Claire's face had changed to one of angry impatience. Oh. And again, I'm kind of like, just sort of loving that Claire just doesn't care about the Wakefields, has no interest in impressing them or being their friend. And it's just, you never see that. <laughs> so yeah. I'm still enjoying her rudeness, to be honest. <laughs> Uh, see, I just keep thinking of trying to interview somebody and they're just not giving you anything. <laughs> oh, very like, oh, come fair. on, just five minutes. <laughs> Give me something. Oh, <laughs> well, oh, by the way, she she somehow thinks she still wants to get to know Claire better. I mean, I really don't know why. She has Claire not given you no, any encouragement. None. She has no interest in you. She does not care that you're a Wakefield. Has yeah. no interest in befriending you and fucking telling you all her secrets. <laughs> so you might as well just fuck off and leave her alone. Well, don't worry. They'll break her spirit by the end of this book. <laughs> of course, they always do. <laughs> Meanwhile, Jessica is in flying form because she knows she looked great in practice and even made eye contact with Danny Porter. Like, she seems to have really lowered her bar I for meaningful interactions. Say. Like, Jessica making eye contact with someone is, I don't think that's usually something she'd be that excited about. It's like, yeah, no. usually it's like, he asked me out, now I'm excited. <laughs> but like, apparently looking at her is enough of a win when it comes to Danny Porter because he's mm. clearly just extremely shy or just has no interest in Jessica. Yes. Well, the cheerleaders discuss the tryouts and Amy says she thinks that Claire is a disgrace to our sex, if you really want to know. When asked to elaborate on this, she just says, she looks like a jerk, that's why. Oh, Amy's such a little bitch. (laughs) I hate her. I think she might, I mean, she's even, I don't know, is she worse than Jessica? I think she actually might be. She might be, yeah. But again, it's weird because she like, in a lot of ways, she's exactly as bad as Jessica, but then they kind of, set it up that like Amy's a bad person for doing this exact thing that Jessica did before but we're meant to like Jessica (laughs) so yeah it's weird Mm. yeah yeah it's very (laughs) consistent well uh Jeannie and Annie disagree and think that you know what Claire did was kind of cool and of course Jessica sees this as a chance for revenge of course well that's it because I suppose Claire immediately made an enemy of Jessica when Mm. she slagged off cheerleading um so yeah so Jessica takes her opportunity to turn the entire squad against uh Claire so she says look she happened to tell me that she thinks cheerleading is a stupid waste of time (gasps) uh which upsets the other girls because I mean they do work hard at it yeah yeah it's no fucking joke like making human pyramids and what have you yeah um I fucking couldn't do it no me neither (laughs) so yeah so that kind of pisses them all off and of course Amy's like that's really dumb what did you want to do instead you have us try for wrestling or something and uh, like Robin who's very level headed generally yeah. is like well that's not very fair you know we support what she's doing why why can't she you know support us and what we're doing which is fair enough 
True, but uh, but then Jessica uh, kind of cuts in again, and she's like, she thinks we're exploiting ourselves, which you know, that, she didn't actually say that. No, uh, but yeah, prancing around in cute little costumes is the way she put it. She I did think. say that. She did say that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but Jess is embellishing a little bit. Mm. Um, but yeah, basically everyone's kind of annoyed then and feels like that's not fair of her. So it kind of goes from Amy being furious to uh, to the more reasonable cheerleaders kind of being like, well, that's that's not really fair of her, and you know. Cheerleading is a kind of a sport too. Yeah. And it's like, no, it is girls in fairness. Yeah, and she did insult everything about what they do. <laughs> she did. Which, which kind of came out of, it was quite unprovoked. It was unprovoked. I still enjoyed it though. <laughs> it's just, I just kept thinking that like, why are you automatically going into this? Like just insulting diatribe against a stranger. Because we yeah, know Jessica deserves to have insulting diatribes constantly. But oh, absolutely. She doesn't get it half enough. But yeah, but it was... If it had been Robin or Annie, she'd have done the same thing, I think. I think so too, yeah. Mm. And, uh, you know, Amy says, very weirdly and awkwardly, says, I think there's something a little weird about fair Claire, which is an excuse for Jessica to say, I like that, fair Claire. Maybe we should think of some more rhymes for her. And uh, then she comes up with a personalised cheer for Claire, which is really dickish. It is, yeah. She, um, yeah, she kind of comes up with it on the spot, uh, and she's like, "Give us a clap, give us a twirl, give us a quarter, give us a quarterback who isn't a girl." Doesn't scan where very well. Oh, not at all. As I was reading it, I was like, "I'm going to tumble over this now because this is not uh, <laughs> this is not some good rhyming." I'll tell you that much. No. But yeah, they all love it anyway and think it's a great idea and think, "Oh, you know, we've been trying to make the cheers more exciting, so why don't we come up with customized cheers for each player?" Um, you know, so it looks like we're really, you know, making an effort for the team and they decide this will be their part of their contest for a new cheer so that everyone's going to come up with like one for a specific yeah. player. Yeah. And Jessica decides that uh, Claire is going to learn about life at Sweet Valley the hard way. Yeah, that the cheerleaders are a bunch of bullies. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Et to Annie and Robin. Why are you going oh, along with any man. of this? Very true, actually. That is very disappointing coming from mm. them. Yeah. I oh, know. Well, the next day, Liz and Terry are lunching together for plot contrivance sake. (laughs) And we're reminded, which is fair enough, that Liz was supportive after Ken's accident, which she was. She she was. Well, she had to be involved somehow, didn't she? Oh, of course she did, yeah. But I guess it gives them some history together. True. And, uh, And actually, Liz is quite good in this scene because when Terry says how incredibly happy Ken is, um... Liz says, well, you know, it must be weird for you and says, like, I just mean that you've had your own troubles to go through. This must be a weird time. Wonderful in most ways, kind of difficult in others. And that sort of gives Terry permission to admit that she has felt a bit weird about this whole Ken's comeback thing and that she feels bad about feeling weird. But Liz says, like, well, I feel weird, too. So, you know, this is normal. And yeah, this is actually very sound of Liz as well to just be like, you know, you obviously have been through a lot too. Because even Terry says, I haven't been through anything. And it's like, yeah. well, no, you have. Like you, you, you ha- absolutely have. Like you were, you know, there for Ken when he needed you and supported him so much. And this is obviously a big adjustment. So it is it is actually quite nice of Liz to, to as you say, like just give her the space to be like, look, this can be hard on you too. And you don't have to feel bad about that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, she feels Terry feels much better and she's determined to have a good time later because she's arranged to meet Ken for dinner and then a library study session which will be their first date in over a week Hmm. Uh, I guess it is a Tuesday night yeah I know because she keeps saying oh their date their date and I was like but you're 
doing homework. Is that really yeah. a date? <laughs> I guess they're going for food beforehand. I suppose, but, uh, yeah. Terry is a bit disappointed when Ken suggests they go to the Dairy Burger because she wanted somewhere more private. Like, I mean, this is like pre-library food. You're not going to go off to the <laughs> coat door or whatever the hell This is it. And it, it does feel like Ken isn't thinking of this as a date because they're mm. like getting a burger and going to the library. Like it's, it's, it's not the usual, I don't know, usually when they go for dates, it is to like some fancy restaurant or whatever. But um, it's very, it seems very casual. Whereas Terry is kind of hinging this whole thing as like our first date in ages. Yeah. Even though that doesn't seem to be the vibe. So I yeah. guess they haven't really hung out in the, you know, alone for a week. That's true too. Yeah, he's been busy. Well, and when they get to uh, get to the dairy burger, she's uh, <laughs> a feast to be to rise. <laughs> Can you share... What uh, she says, it gave her a thrill just to look at him across the booth. Can you share why? I sure can. Well, you know, it's Ken being lit by the dairy burger delights. <laughs> and he looked absolutely wonderful. I'll say. His blonde hair was bleached from the sun and caught the reflection of the lights. Ooh. And his arms and face were tanned from all the time he'd been spending outside practicing. Best of all, he looked happy and at ease, just oh. like the old Ken. Oh, a little himbo prince. He's so fucking hot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, but who should interrupt her perving on Ken? <laughs> well, in fairness, she doesn't interrupt, but she just walks oh, that's in. True. It's more that it, uh, it sort of it pulls her mood. out. It's a bit of a true. mood killer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Claire uh, walks in, um, but like she's not looking around or oh, looking no, no, for no. anybody. She walks straight to the counter, orders some food. She's got some books with her and uh, Ken spots Claire. So that, that is kind of the mood killer, I suppose. And he's yeah. like, oh, she's, all, she's all by herself and he's looking concerned. Uh, and it is, But it is kind of nice that he's like worried about her. That it he's like, is oh, no. nice. You know, is, is no one being friends with her now or something? And mm. uh, Terry knows the polite thing to do would be to invite Claire to join them, but she really doesn't want her to come over. Yeah. She's like, don't make our date. I haven't been alone with you in ages. Don't spoil it. Which I also get. Yeah. But then Ken is just, he is being sound and he's like, let's ask her to yeah. come over and eat with us. And he kind of calls her over, says, come sit down. And uh, But Claire is just... Um, she's there to pick up food and go um, but she's like look thanks my, my mum is waiting out in the car and I'm just on my way to the library and again looks disappointed oh, come on like, like you'd be so pissed off if your boyfriend was like come along and join us even though we're on a date oh no you're not steak oh <laughs> he's just like a giant puppy or I love you Ben but really you'd put your girlfriend it's not like Claire's giving you any encouragement but this is it this is why I feel like he's not seeing it as a date at all because I feel like if that was you know, we're going on a date, then I don't think he would have invited her over. Well, but the, during the dairy burger, I don't know. I just feel like this is just Ken trying to be friendly and yeah. sound and, and not really reading the mood, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. Well, this is the thing. Terry thinks Ken didn't even seem embarrassed or apologetic about his behaviour. He didn't seem to think there was any reason why Claire shouldn't have joined them. But then she thinks it was as if their date didn't mean anything to him. Oh. And she doesn't know how to say she's a bit upset without sort of sounding like she's accusing him of something or acting like a clingy girlfriend. So she's just mm. in that horrible situation where she's just like, I don't like this. She just feels weird. Yeah. <gasps> Poor Terry. But then she notices something unsettling. Oh, God. Yeah. So um, when she looks over at him, his eyes are all screwed up and he's squinting and he kind of puts his hands on his eyes covering them and then shakes his head and looks okay again but she's just like oh shit yeah. um, she asks him if he's alright and he's like um, yeah I'm fine but apparently he looks pale and confused and frightened oh. <laughs> he's so cute but, uh, but yeah she's like did you did... she keeps saying like black out which would sound like he's passing out but yeah. it's just that he's lost his vision temporarily Yeah. but he kind of gets a bit gruff with her and he's like look I'm fine um, just leave it Yeah. Um, so she's kind of like oh god because like she's already feeling kind of weird 
And now she's like, oh, God, is his vision actually worse than he's letting on? Yeah. Um, and she's like, look, this this might be bad news if he's actually intent on trying out for quarterback mm, again. Yeah. yeah. On Thursday, Jessica is again, because she's a sociopath, is really angry because Claire's getting, getting lots of attention. <laughs> It's like that's that's I think that's what's pissing her off more than yeah. the fact that Claire slagged off cheerleading. Oh yeah, like it's it's totally 100%. the fact that people people are paying attention to Claire and she's getting featured in the newspaper and this is just a bridge too far for Jessica Wakefield. It certainly is. Well, she tells her friends that she knows Claire's indifference is just an act. What? what? Why? Uh. And Amy says that she's noticed Claire hasn't been, you know, she or Claire doesn't seem to have noticed that she's been getting the silent treatment. <laughs> I love she's that. amazing. <laughs> she doesn't care. She truly doesn't give a shit. <laughs> but uh, thinks maybe we need to make our message stronger, uh, which doesn't bode well. And Lila agrees that Claire is rude and says uh, says something that sends Jessica even into even more of a rage. You you know, you think she'd be all raged up, but there's always oh, no. further to go with Jess because uh, apparently, yeah, Lila's in English class with her and she's like, you should see the way she snubs people, especially guys. This morning, Danny Porter was trying oh, to talk oh. to her. So she totally ignored him and Lila couldn't believe how rude she was. So now Jessica is absolutely fuming. She's like, well, so much for his shyness. If he's <gasps> interested in someone like Claire, he could just forget about Jessica making a play for him. Oh, Oh, well, Danny, you dodged a bullet there. So count your lucky stars. You are missing absolutely nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Totally are. Well, Jessica uh, says uh, she comes up with another evil scheme and she says, uh, rightly, that some of the guys who were pushed out of the sort of shortlist for uh, the quarterback spot might be willing to help them um, play pranks on Claire. And of course, Amy agrees to to get involved with this and... um, Jessica says that they can just tell the guy, get the guys to do it by telling them that Claire was trash talking them. Um, and even Lila's a bit shocked by this. Yeah, she's like, you know, is that true? And Jessica's like, oh, you know, more or less. So like even Lila's a bit like, oh, I don't know about this. Like, it's, I suppose yeah, she did say the stuff yeah. about cheerleaders, but now she's trying to turn, well, I suppose it's not really turning them against her because the lads, some of these lads were already kind of dicks about Claire. Yeah. And you think she has a giant ego. Tim thinks any girl who wants to play football has something wrong with her, this kind Ugh. of bullshit. So these are the kind of class acts that they're uh, looking to enlist mm. to uh, to give Claire hassle, basically, to Ugh. make it more obvious that, uh, that people have a grudge against her. Yeah. Well, later Terry, poor Terry, is all confused because she wants to support Ken, but like one of his eyes are are really acting up like this mm. is, she doesn't know what to do, basically. And then she goes to the changing room because she's, I don't know, she's gone for a run around the school she's, track or something. She's gone for a jog, yeah, but because mm. uh, there is a line where it's like, not that she could ever be as athletic as Claire, <laughs> she oh. likes feeling fit. <laughs> Claire, <laughs> so Beautiful yeah. shorts that show her tanned, lean, muscular legs. Says Claire, your lovely calves. Oh God! <laughs> Cold chair, Terry. Come on, in with you now. Calm down. <laughs> um. Well, uh, she she goes to the changing room then, and she sees quite a surprising sight. 
Yeah, so she, I think she, does she hear her first? Mm, I'm not sure, but anyway, yeah. Claire, she sees that Claire is, is sitting by herself. Mm. Um, but she's, she, her shoulders are shaking and it looks like she's crying. So Terry kind of pauses and doesn't really know what to do. Um, but then she obviously, I think she makes a noise or bumps into a locker or something. So Claire kind of jumps up and spins around and is kind of like, oh God. And her, she acts kind of guilty or something, like something's up. But it's like her gaze flew to Terry and then back to her open locker where there's a large black and white photograph taped up. So it's a picture of this like handsome guy in a football uniform uh, and it's signed to Claire with all my love Ted across the bottom um, and Claire kind of stares at Terry like she's kind of frightened and then like slams the locker shut and she's like oh I didn't hear you and Terry realizes she definitely has been crying and Terry yeah. asks her if she's okay and she's like oh you know I'm fine I just uh, you know, I'm late I have to go and kind of yeah. just runs off basically so it's like what is going on here <laughs> so uh, by the way I'm just going to say now that is an odd thing to give the relationship between Claire and this person, yes. Ted, yes. it is an odd thing it to is. give Claire a signed, signed. photo saying, yes. to Claire, with all my love, Ted. 1000% agree. Yes. I don't think either of us would do such a thing to the people in our lives who are similar relationships to us. Unless you were taking the piss. Oh, entirely taking the piss. You yes. know, because you, you would do that taking the piss. Oh, yeah, that, so. is, that is the sort of, I mean... My my sister. Oh, spoiler alert! It's her brother. My oh, no. my sister once sent me a signed photo of one of the Kelly family, which were one of these terrible German hippie <laughs> folk fans. Did they like live on a boat or something? Yes, oh, yes. It was Angelo Liebling der fans. She sent it to me as a postcard when I was on my J one. Stop it. Oh my God. <laughs> so yeah, that's the sort of thing that Fucking siblings hell. would do. But the it, Kelly family, I'd uh, forgotten all about Well, <laughs> I think I probably would have if I didn't still have that hideous postcard in a shoebox somewhere. Oh my God. It was really hilarious, but none of the Americans I was with knew why I was like crying with laughter. <laughs> <laughs> they just didn't get it. They didn't appreciate they the Kelly didn't. family. <laughs> <laughs> also how funny it was to get a postcard of one of them fucking so, hell that is gas in yeah. fairness my sister was in Berlin at the time where apparently oh, okay. like um, <laughs> Kelly family postcards abound they were a thing oh my god that is fantastic uh, so yes a taking the piss sibling thing you might send a ridiculous photo with a dramatic inscription but not it's it's quite contrived it is. And I suppose it's meant to, to cause a bit of confusion or mystery about who this handsome guy is. Yes. But um, yeah, we should come back to that in a second and maybe take a little tiny break to calm oh. ourselves down after remembering the Kelly family. <laughs> like, like, I couldn't even sing a Kelly family song. because like If I ever was, heard one, I blocked it out of my gonna memory. Say, wasn't the, I thought there was only one. Like, weren't they like a one-hit wonder? Or was there more to them? Oh, I think there might have been more over in Deutschland because they were really popular oh, okay. there. And they told everybody that they were Irish, but I think they were like <gasps> Canadian. They were something. not Irish. Oh, no, they 100% were Irish. I think they were like Canadian or American hippies who had gone over to Germany and live in a boat <laughs> and pretend to be Irish. <laughs> we'll have a whole extra series on Headstuff Plus about the history of the oh, Kelly family. The Kelly family charting their lies. <laughs> oh, they're, they're, they're libeling our beautiful country. How dare they? <laughs> well, instead of listening to a 10-part investigative um, <laughs> series on the Kelly family, we are going to tell you about a show that is going to be brand new to the Headstuff Podcast Network. Um, and it is the Hedge Radio Podcast. 
have to wear hard hats. Have a listen to this. Mr. Kerry, my name and address and Michelle. You're not getting an answer to that. Have a listen to this. The Head Radio podcast looks at the humble scene in the backward place where no one important ever looks to steal from Patrick Kavanagh. Taking inspiration from the hedge schools of old, the Hedge Radio podcast brings you stories that you won't hear anywhere else. You need imagination for everything. Have a listen to this. It's someone's reaction to reading a book. Yeah, so it's a narrative storytelling podcast from Wexford. So they're going to tell tales on everything from folklore and history to literature and arts and crafts. So they're covering all kinds of good stuff. Oh, that sounds very much my sort of thing. So Mm. uh, yes, check it out. And of course, once we're talking about the Amazing Head Stuff Podcast Network, we can remind you of uh, that you can support us on Head Stuff Plus for as little as five euro a month, wherever you are in the world. Uh, and uh, by signing up at headstuffpodcasts.com, you can join Pi Vita Alpha and not just as a sort of window dressing. <laughs> very true. We're very accepting. All are welcome. Oh, very much um, so. Yeah. And once you sign up, yeah, you obviously get access to our bonus material, which is there are very exciting Pi Beta yeah. Alpha series where we uh, recap the TV series of Sweet oh. Valley High, which is proving to be absolutely hilarious. Um, and there's a few little written recaps up there as well. There's going to be more to come on that count. And uh, yeah, there's loads of good stuff. But oh. when you do join up, you get access to everybody's bonus content. So there's definitely something else you'll find that you'll be into uh, with that many different podcasts on the network. There's loads of good stuff to get stuck into. And speaking of supporting podcasts and those of you who follow us on instagram and twitter will know this already but in case you don't we have merch it's happening yes the the much teased about uh pi beta alpha jackets are gonna happen we're just figuring out what to get in stock basically we're going to do like a really limited run i think to start with because it's like we don't know what we're doing let's face it yes Uh, (laughs) so there's a survey up there's a link to it on Twitter. There is a link on our bio on Instagram. Yep. And actually a mail went out today to everybody uh, that signed up to Headstuff Plus. Uh, so check your, well, check your spam possibly because yeah. you've ended up in there. Um, but it's, it's not spam. We're not trying to scam you, I promise. No. Um, yeah, so we're just trying to, to figure out uh, what kind of a mix of sizes to get. And this is going to happen and it's going to be great. Yes, and you should see this jacket. You can see this jacket if you go to our Instagram at instagram.com slash six... Uh, slash six slash SVH podcast you can see Karen <laughs> doing a full how do go kids fully that like I had posted it and just immediately went oh Christ it's, it's me like that's <laughs> I am that meme <laughs> look at me there Ancient. you're a little steep for shamey <laughs> Um, yes, it's amazing. It is pink. It's got white sleeves. It's got a beautifully embroidered Pi Beta Alpha logo on the breast with, uh, um, oh, what is the Latin? I should know. I have a lot it's, uh, I'll tell uh, you, it's it's Amor Geminatus, which is double love uh, in Latin, very kindly translated by a classic scholar on Twitter. Um, and it's also kind of a pun because it works in, you know, twins and Gemini is also part of it. So, yeah. you know, where else are you going to get merch that has a pun in Latin on it? Yes. I mean, come on. Greek letters, <laughs> Latin puns, it's and uh, and a very snuggly fish. So we got to we got to look at a sample, and uh, it's really nice quality. This garment, um, it's nice and uh, uh, and sort of snuggly. So it, it looks very like it's a pleasure cozy. to wear. We both tried it on. 
So, uh, yeah, let us know if you would like to buy it and let us know what size you would like. And uh, there's more info in this in this survey. And you could also use the use this as an opportunity to give us a little bit of feedback about the show. Um, any any sort of bonus episodes or extra episodes or stuff you'd like to hear in the main um, series, you can share your thoughts there. So, uh, yeah, please do let us know because this is going to be a limited edition for a limited time only. And, you know, once we get an idea of how many people want them and what sizes to order, we can go ahead and get the ball rolling and they, they will cost about 50 euro um which is the cheapest we can do to cover the uh the cost this is not this is not a get rich quick scheme oh <laughs> definitely not no no we are trying to keep the price as low as we can get it um because you know like we're, we're not trying to screw anybody over. Yeah. Like, this is kind of like a thank you to you guys yeah. um because you've been so great for supporting us and we love you yes um so yeah whether you're in hence stuff plus or not you will be able to order a jacket but if you do uh take up um uh take up the the cause of supporting us on headstuff plus you will of course get our special bonus series pi beta alpha whether you have watched the sweet valley high tv series or not um we're sure you you will find something to entertain you because it's basically more of this very true just just weekly nonsense instead of every two weeks <laughs> yeah exactly so yeah if you join us in Pi Beta Alpha you will never have to go for a single week without a new episode of some Pi it's Sweet Valley shenanigans so you'll get the regular episodes every two weeks and in between them there will be a new uh, a new PBA adventure so um, yeah l- um, do sign up uh, if, y- if you can and even if you can't and you'd like to get a jacket just let us know what you think and you can find a link to that uh, survey as Karen said on t- on our Twitter and SVH podcast or on Instagram at SVH podcast so uh, yeah we hope to hear from you soon we'll have a whole Pi Beta Alpha army oh my god <sighs> it's going to be amazing girl gang let's do it <laughs> roll over Sandy Bacon <laughs> We're here with better jackets. Yeah, I mean, they're not shiny, that's the one thing, but they are less flammable. Very true. And now, back to Sweet Valley, where Coach is announcing that by the end of today's tryout, so I guess it's Friday now, the two best players will be selected. And tomorrow morning, they will play against each other in a sort of, um, like... A, a game of teammates. They call it a scrimmage, and it seems to be. I was a bit unsure about what it was initially, but yeah, no, it's it's a friendly basically. So like, it doesn't count towards the team's yeah. record or anything like that. So it is basically a friendly. Just, that it's, it's yeah, yeah, but it's just amid the team, isn't it? Mm. It's like they divide the Sweet Valley High team among two. Because I thought initially it was a friendly against another school, but then it's like Ken no, is on one team and Claire is on the other. Yeah, because well, you see, because there'd, there'd be two. Yeah, because with American football, there's like an offense team and a defense team, so there's fuck loads uh, of players. So this time they're just kind of. I'm not sure how this logistically works and configurations yeah. and stuff, but yeah, basically there's enough people to put together two teams uh-huh. uh, yeah. for them to have a quarterback each yes. on the go, and that's how they're going to. That's going to sort of uh, give the cha- the coach a chance to see them in action like a proper yeah. game. And we're told that only Ken and Claire and some guy called Dave, whoever he is, Dave Pollock, <laughs> are in the running. And some of the, the the school are telling Ken he's got it in the bag, but mm-hmm. he stresses that Claire is a strong rival. Yeah, he's saying, look, tryouts aren't over yet. Like, this isn't a done deal. She's a proper contender here. Mm. And uh, Ken defends, he basically, he defends her when anybody says that there's no way she's going to be able to play against Big Misa. Um, 
but Kenneth's like, no, she'd obviously be up to it. And when John John uh leaves and and Terry and Ken are on their own, Terry almost against her will finds herself saying, Why have you been going out of your way to back Claire up? And our and our beloved Ken. Well, he, he says the right thing. He does. And like it is, it's not that he fancies her. He mm. is just saying, look, I just, I see the way some of the guys treat her and it makes me sick. I want to help her in any way I can. And like the emotion came through in his voice and Terry felt a lump forming in her throat. It's like, oh, Ken, I'm so back on board after last time. I know, Ken, you are <laughs> redeeming yourself. But Terry takes this to mean that um, Ken is trying to tell her that Claire is more than a friend. I mean, she's, he's, she's barely even a friend. Yeah, Terry is kind of losing the plot a little bit at this stage yeah. now. Um, so she collects her stopwatch and, uh, you know, from her stats work. And when she goes to pick it up, Claire is is nearby. So she congratulates her uh, on how well she played. And Claire says it's some compensation for the, the pranks people have been playing on her. They're just like dickish, stupid little things. Yeah, she says that. Yeah, because Terry obviously hadn't heard anything about this. Mm. Um, and Claire's like, yeah, so yesterday somebody put toothpaste in the shoes I left in my locker. Oh, man. And I've gotten a, but I've gotten a couple of hate notes. And it's yeah. like, OK, those are two very different things, yeah. I feel like. Even the toothpaste but, yeah. pretty bad. It is pretty shitty. Yeah. And like somebody swiped this kind of drink. She brings in like a special vitamin drink for lunch and someone took it. Um, and she's like, look, it's just these guys can't stand the thought that a girl can play football better than they can. Mm. Uh, they'll try anything to get back at me. And she's like, who cares? They're a bunch of jerks. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, yeah. true. So Terry is surprised by both the sort of meanness of the pranks and about Claire's sort of, she's impressed by Claire's attitude and uh, she feels, you know, sympathetic towards her until it starts going on about, how, uh, Claire starts going on about how great Ken is and how lucky Terry is. And then wistfully says, he reminds me, he reminds me of someone really wonderful I used to know. And her eyes missed over. <laughs> oh, God. Understandably, yeah. Terry's a bit freaked out by this. I guess, yeah. But also, it's like, it's just that she's she's obviously thinking about somebody. And you're like, you'd read that as like, oh, he reminds me of this guy I used to date yeah. or whatever. But yeah, Terry is just like, oh God, she wants Ken. Ken wants Claire. They look great together. This is terrible. I'm out of the picture. No. She does get a little bit carried away in fairness. She does, yes. Well, uh, she's... Um, she she sees then Ken towards the end of practice sort of stumble and grimace in pain and um and hold his hand up to his eyes and he covers and tells the coach he's fine but Terry is understandably worried and um coach announces that Ken and Claire are going to both play in the scrimmage tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um so Terry approaches Ken and asks if he's okay and he kind of brushes her off and she says, "Look, you can't." go out in the you know to this tryout if your vision isn't okay and Claire or sorry Ken now this isn't this isn't a great moment Ken now I understand you're sort of hurt and stressed but this is kind of a dickish statement it is I know it's oh it swings and roundabouts with my emotional support himbo um <laughs> so he <laughs> so he kind of glares at her and he's like quit mothering me Terry that stuff was fine back when I needed it but I can see fine just now and I don't need you playing oh. nurse oh um, and Terry is quite like hurt and stunned by that because she is just trying to help him but yeah. um Ken's like Look, you know stop trying to to keep me from doing what I love um, mm. you need to be a little less protective but then like the worst part is he says take a lesson from Claire her <gasps> motto is I'd rather die than quit and uh, so like, oh no Ken this Ken, isn't this isn't the move <laughs> this is ba- a bad timing 
Yeah. Put it that way. I know. And I suppose he doesn't know that that Terry is so completely in her head and spinning out over Claire. So, uh, yeah, but it's just, it's not good. And then she lashes out at him, which is great. She says, quit telling me how great Claire is all the time. I'm sick and tired of hearing it. Claire wasn't there when you thought you couldn't even make it down the hallway without help. And Ken, understandably, is angry with this. And then, yeah, he does say that, look, if you think a good relationship is based on gratitude, Terry, then you're crazy, which is a good point. Yeah. Like, you, can't, you can't hold that over somebody. Like I um, was with you and you couldn't see. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. So they are kind of oh, just snapping at each other yeah. and it's not great. But then Claire walks over and congratulates Ken. So it's kind of, uh, you know, then he smiles at Claire, but he's still angry with Terry and he won't. He just kind of walks off and is like, look, I we have to talk, but I can't yeah. do it now. Look, this means so much to me. Just let me be alone for a little while. I need yeah. to think. Um. And yeah, poor Terry is like, oh no. She's like, I know what he means by you and I have to talk. So she I reckons, mean, you would think that. You would. But yeah, she's just like, he's going, to tell to be good. He, he's going to tell her he didn't love her anymore. And he's fallen in love with Claire Middleton. And it's like, I can understand the first part. Yes. But the second part is just Terry in her head. It's a massive jump. It is. Well, she goes into the changing room and she hears, oh, this is a low point for Terry. Now. Truly. Oh, um, so she hears Amy and Jessica bitch about Claire and about how the pranks that the boys have been playing aren't good enough and that she, you know, Amy and Jessica will have to come up with something themselves. And then Terry thinks, okay, so they want to get back at Claire for something. Well, maybe she can give, maybe she can help them. And, she basically gives them a whole spiel about wanting to help Ken and they're all like, yeah, it's not fair he has to face this stupid bitch, which makes Terry feel guilty because <laughs> that's not really where she's going from. She doesn't think that, she doesn't have a problem with Claire trying out. Exactly, yeah. Um, but she tells them about uh, Claire's weak spot, the mysterious Ted. Exactly, yes. So, And it, this is very shitty of Terry. Mm. Oh, it's awful. Yeah. So, um, yeah, when she she figures out that this is something that would that would actually upset her, because I suppose at first they're kind of like, what are you saying that we should mention this guy in public in front of Claire? And then Jessica's like, oh, I've got it. We'll make up a cheer just for Claire and make sure it ends with something like, who is Ted? Yeah. <laughs> like, she's not exactly a creative genius now, Jessica. Yeah. But um, yeah, they kind of they kind of think about it and come up with this idea for a cheer where they're going to say we know about Ted. Yeah. Um, so it kind of it sounds you know it could be a contender then for their cheerleading contest and we'll get to humiliate Claire at oh, the same time. Such so, awfulness. You know, yeah, bonus on bonus. Mm. But um, and Terry does feel a bit bad. She's kind of like, oh god, what have I done here? Because like I mean, getting Jessica and Amy on your side in a scheme, it's yeah. like there's just no way this is going to end well. But she literally um, said she literally feels queasy. What had yeah. she done? She never yeah. schemed like this against someone before. Was she losing her mind? <laughs> Yes, kind of, Terry. <laughs> you are. <laughs> I mean, if you're on the same team as Jessica Wakefield and Amy, mm-mm, mm-mm. you definitely have. Bad vibes. <sighs> well, I guess it's the next day uh, at the Casa del Wakefield and Jessica tells Liz she knows Claire won't get in the team, which makes Liz rightly suspicious. Um, and after she runs off, who should come in but all the hang gliding... <laughs> He's taking a break from fucking face planting into the side of a cliff <laughs> and chasing after girls who look like his dead girlfriend, oh, Trisha. God. Just long enough to uh, to <laughs> arrive back yeah. and uh, yeah, and, and hang out at home to, uh, I don't know, is he even here to see Cara? No, no I don't know. Cara's told him all about this famous, like this amazing tryout battle. So he's come to see it for himself. <laughs> and oh, that's it, yeah. <laughs> when he hears what Claire's full name is, Claire Middleton, He's like, there was a guy in my freshman composition class named Middleton. He was a real football hero too. I wonder, 
no, there's no way that could they couldn't be related. Too much of a coincidence for there to be that much football in one family. What two members of it playing the very popular game? Like if anything, you'd think they're a football family. They yeah. all play football. Like that's where your mind would go. And also, I don't know if this is just from being Irish as well, but it's like, oh, I wonder if there's any relations. Like, yes, of I course know. they're related. <laughs> of course there's a link. <laughs> I would say, like, I don't know. I wonder where they're from. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Stephen tells the story of this poor t- uh, Ted Middleton, and uh, it's pretty, um, it's pretty sad. It's quite the uh, yeah the harrowing story. So yeah, mm. this guy he was like a star quarterback on their junior varsity team, and also, also I looked up what junior varsity oh, yeah. and varsity and what this the difference is. College as well. True, but they also mentioned junior varsity players in Sweet Valley mm. High and it's basically that your junior varsity team are like your B team so ah. it's that the varsity players are the best ones yeah. and then like your B team are the junior varsity so it's okay. not actually to do with I don't think it's to do with like ages or what oh, grade they're in right, or any yeah. that kind of stuff yeah. it's more to do with ability That's that was my understanding now again yeah. I could be completely wrong let us know <laughs> listeners you're always but, very uh, useful yes but I did I did try to at least make some effort to sound like I knew what I was talking about you sounded very stuff. authoritative there I thought so too <laughs> I pulled it off we'll edit all this out I feel like <laughs> Oh, like we ever read anything. <laughs> There's um, a reason these episodes are like two hours long. Oh, stop. I know we just can't stop ourselves. But anyway, so yes, this guy was a star quarterback. Uh, he was destined for great things, had offers from pro teams and he was only 18. But then he started having these terrible headaches. He was diagnosed with a brain tumor and within a couple of months he was dead. So it's like proper fucking tragic stuff. Yeah. Um, that like apparently Steve's roommate was friends with this guy and, you know, he still talks about him all the time. And he says, yeah, this guy Middleton, he was Ted Middleton, apparently. So then Liz is like, hmm. Maybe, maybe they were related and maybe this guy was her older brother and she kind of pieces it together herself that, yeah, this probably is the case. Yeah. So, uh, and uh, spoiler alert, she's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And she thinks that this would explain a lot of Claire's sort of weird behaviour, sort of getting a bit cagey, asked about her, you know, her family. and Yeah, or a mentor yeah. who kind of got her into football. She very much clammed up like at that stage. So this, this mm. is kind of what... Clammed up, God. Why am I oh! clams? <laughs> I can't believe you use those words. Why did I do that to myself? Um, but yeah, she she figures out that this is obviously her brother, and uh, yeah, she reckons this this must be who's behind her, uh, or this is why she's so intent on making the team, and it's kind yeah. of you know in honor of him. Well, we cut to Jessica and the cheerleaders who are trying out the new cheer, and I mean, with showing some redeeming qualities. Um, Annie, Cara, and Jeannie are feeling a bit weird about this. Anti-Claire cheer um, mm. they're not happy but Jessica's like oh it's all good of fun and uh, they're not really so sure but it's kind of too late to do anything about it now and Jessica's all excited as the match begins basically because it's her chance to fuck someone over that's it yeah it was also her chance to humiliate Claire yeah. in front of Danny Porter like again <laughs> Danny's in the picture it's like <laughs> Danny has no interest in any of this. Just leave him out of it. I know. I mean, anyway, he never even says a word throughout this book. And I don't Mm -hmm. think we'll ever hear from him again. (laughs) So the game begins and Claire is on team A and Ken is on team B. And uh, Claire's doing really well. Football, football, football. But then (laughs) Jessica leads the squad in their special cheer. Can you take up the first verse of this special cheer? Uh, sure yeah so there's a timeout so everyone all the players are at the sidelines so all the attention is on the the squad the, mm-hmm. the cheerleaders so yeah it begins with um who wants a guy when a girl like claire can throw the ball from here to there 
and you know this is kind of you know this is positive it's, and kind of cute it comes in as like a pro Claire isn't yeah. she great kind of a chance people are applauding when they hear this so now they have everybody's attention for sure and yeah. Jessica gives a signal for the next verse and the next second verse also seems to continue the positive vibes it's who needs a guy when a girl gives more she steals the ball she makes the score and Claire is actually smiling Aww. then they play say they chant the last verse Ugh, yeah so this is it because you do feel like oh good for Claire like but when you know it's gonna end up badly it's like this is so shit uh, but again it's such a weird cheer because it's like who needs a guy when a girl instead can play like Claire we know about Ted yes. <laughs> so like, you know it sounds like nothing because even the crowd are like the last verse seemed to confuse the crowd but there was a final spattering of applause because <laughs> like, <laughs> they're like, like wait what huh <laughs> I don't know what's going on but Claire uh, has a more dramatic reaction. Oh, yeah. So the effect on Claire apparently is astonishing. And it's like the blood had tur- her blood had turned to ice. She stood frozen, her face white and her eyes wide and angry. Uh, so she's like trembling. She reaches for her helmet that she left on the bench. And I think the coach is coming over to her to say something. But she like picks up her helmet and just walks mm. off the field completely. And he says uh, like, you can't leave. And she's like, I quit. Yeah, this is and this is somebody who, you know, as we've already heard would say, you know, that she'd rather die than quit and Mm. that she's really intense about football. Mm. But now this is obviously just pushed her over the edge. So the coach is completely baffled. And apparently Jessica and the cheerleaders are as astonished as the rest of them. But like, but Jessica's delighted. This oh is yeah. The thing. Some of them are really ca- are kind of upset and, and freaked out. Like, did we yeah. do this? Robin is like, Robin's like, what happened? Like, what did we say? And Jeannie's like, oh God, did our cheer make her leave? And Jessica's like, Jessica didn't know what to say. Even in her wildest dreams, she wouldn't have believed the cheer she'd written could actually drive Claire off the team. But like, she's oh. thrilled about it. This oh, is exactly so what she wanted. Awful. And meanwhile, Liz and Todd, who has obviously been filled in on what... Um, uh, Liz learned earlier and Steve are horrified oh, and Elizabeth God. storms over to confront the cheerleaders and when she arrives she's like most of them look kind of guilty and confused and then she saw Jessica's triumphant expression and she knew that somehow her twin was behind the cheer and Ugh. she basically says what the fuck and Jessica tries to sort of joke it off and oh it's trade secrets um, and Elizabeth basically says why the fuck did you taunt her about her dead brother Oof. and even Amy and Jess at least <laughs> say they're horrified. Oh, that's it. Like they obviously, yeah. And it, Liz realizes they had no idea who Ted was, but it's like, Amy is horrified. She's like, we didn't re- think Ted was her brother. Um, and I Jessica's like you like, care, Amy. This is the thing. It's like, oh, we only wanted to bully her the normal amount. Yeah. Like, not as much <laughs> as this. It's like, just fuck all of you. Seriously. Yeah. Well, that's pretty but, much what Liz says. And then she says, yeah. people have been taunting her all week and now you guys go and mortify fire in public, making your brother's death into a big joke. Yeah. Oh. The- but Jessica is then, you know, her hands fly to her face and she's like, oh my God, we actually did that. And she goes pale. Um, but it is just like, Jessica's just so full of shit because she's, you know, Liz is obviously letting her have it. Um, and Jess is just like, oh, we honestly didn't know. We thought she was just some guy she had a crush on. And it's like, but yeah, but you still wanted her off the team, off the yeah. field. You wanted to make a show of her and humiliate her. It just worked even better than you thought it would. So don't act like you're not fucking loving this result because you oh. were until you realised why it was such a good result. Exactly. You literally yeah. just thought it was beyond your wildest dreams. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, she passes the book and says, well, it's all Terry's fault anyway. She told us about Ted. And this is like, Ter- what? This yeah. is not Terry's kind of thing. Oh, God. Yeah. So she goes over to Terry and, and basically asks, 
what the fuck did you do? And Terry is definitely, whatever about Jessica's crocodile tears, Terry is genuinely horrified. Um, like she's in tears and so immediately like, I have to go over and apologize to her. Like I never have, I thought I was sort of teasing her about a boyfriend. I did not. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing. And I believe it coming from Terry, but yeah. with Jessica, I just didn't buy a fucking oh, word of it. no. Like, <laughs> Given her previous yeah. form. Exactly. Completely yeah. capable of doing that. Yeah. Um, so Terry says she needs to go over alone and, and apologize to Claire. And uh, and in fairness to her, she does. She doesn't hesitate. She goes straight over. And when she ans- when Claire answers the door looking all sad, Terry explains what she did and gives a very heartfelt apology. And uh, Claire says, which is really sad, she was relieved to move because to a new place because no one knew about the family tragedy, which sort of felt like it was kind of defining the family yeah, but the it was kind of a fresh start for yeah, her being in a new school. Yeah. Where people didn't think of her. It was like, oh, the poor girl whose brother died. Um, exactly. Yeah. yeah, so it's actually really sad. Yes. And uh, says that she kept her finger picture in his locker because she was so proud of him. Now, it doesn't explain why he signed it in that. <laughs> Again, unless maybe he a was gassed and he, and he gave it to her taking the piss, but now it's suddenly really poignant because oh, he's gone. Oh, true. true you know, that could maybe, work. Well, goes off to college and gives her I a I feel like that's funny. possibly us giving them a bit more credit than is due. But, if it's the sort you know, of thing an Irish brother might do. Exactly, yeah. Like, mm. it is definitely that kind of vibe. But yeah, I feel like that's possibly us projecting a little bit mm. to make it make sense. <laughs> yes. Well, she he sa- she says that she feels so too strongly about Ted's memory to just talk about him with any old wanderer like Liz. And uh, <laughs> it was just devastating hearing his name used to, to ridicule her. And yeah. um, Terry apologises again and says she should never have done it. And, and she did it because she was jealous of her. And Claire was like, what? Um, and when Terry reveals how she's been feeling, Claire has some news for her. Oh, yeah. So Claire is completely blindsided by uh, this revelation. She's mm. like, like, what could you possibly be jealous about of me for? And uh, she's like, but like, Ken is crazy about you, Terry. He talks about you all the time. He told me just yesterday that he never would have made it this far if it hadn't been for you. Um, so obviously any time that her and Ken were obviously hanging out and joking around, he was just talking about how mad he is yes. about Terry. <laughs> and uh, Terry says, look, I'm going to talk to the coach and get him to give you another chance because this was my fault. And when Claire says, no, look, I freaked out today. I don't have what it takes. And Terry says, that's bullshit. You're an amazing role model. Um, so Claire says, look, I'll do it if you go and talk honestly to Ken. And they shake hands, which is pretty cool. They do. And honestly, like Claire is very sound yes. about this, I feel like. Yeah. She could have just flown off the handle at Terry and would have been well within her rights. Yeah, yeah. But but she's she's much sounder than anybody deserves, I feel like. Uh. Um, but yeah, no, look, they, they they come to an agreement that they're each going to face up to to their own stuff and yeah, call a truce. And it is it is kind of a nice, like, all right, you know, we're friends, we're, we're at a truce. Let's they literally shake hands. Out. They do. It's very sporting of them. Yes. It's like Christmas Day 1914 in the trenches. <laughs> Hopefully Jessica getting bayoneted at the end of it. <laughs> I could only hope. Well, Terry arrives at Ken's and tells him that the cheerleaders had wanted to make a bitchy chant for uh, for Claire. And our himbo prince is baffled. He's like, why her? Why not me? We're both Ooh. trying out. And Terry literally sighs, oh, Ken, you're not the kind of person anyone would ever want to pick on. It's true. <laughs> it is. You might as well pick on Prince Albert, the Labrador. <laughs> Oh yeah. <laughs> um, well, she acknowledges that you know that uh, that like Claire was sort of standoffish to people, and and they 
she sort of rubbed them up the wrong way. But now, you know, she's going to let her guard down. She doesn't feel like she has to put up this shell. Yeah. And she's uh, kind of like, fine, okay, so whatever. The cheerleaders were angry because she insulted them, but what about you? And then um, Terry reveals all about her jealousy and insecurity. Yeah, so she admits how she had been feeling and kind of, and again, Ken is incredulous and he's like, well, why would you be jealous of Claire? And, you know, she's like, look, it might seem strange for you, but like, it hasn't been easy for me to accept the fact that the old Ken Matthews is back. And she points out that, look, you and I never dated before your accident. Like he'd never really acknowledged her. You know, it's not that they didn't acknowledge her, but like there was never anything between them before then. Um, And she was just afraid that, you know, now that his vision was back and he was possibly getting back on the team, like Ken kind of finishes it all for her. He's like, oh, you were worried I wouldn't want you for my girlfriend anymore. Um, So he kind of was obviously thinking that maybe she had been feeling like that and kind of wondered, should they talk about it? Yeah, he did. And he was like, you know, he kind of could sense that she didn't, or that she was reluctant about him trying out for the team and that got him a little bit wound up. But um. Yeah, they obviously just needed to talk to each other this whole time, but neither one kind of really knew what to say. As is the Sweet Valley way. Of course, yes. Miscommunication is key. Always. <laughs> well, uh, she says that she thought she would, lo- he would, she would lose him, but he says he will never lose her. And that it's because of you I'm back out there on that field. You're my best friend in the whole world, Terry. And you're more than that. You're the girl I'm in love with. Nothing's no. going to change that. And uh, she tells him that Claire was going to ask for another chance with the, co- with the coach and Ken, ever the gentleman, hopes she gets it. And he oh. says that it just was really important to him to try out, even if he can never reach his old peak. He had to just try out this, you know, for what uh, Terry understands. And they kiss. It's yeah, it's cute. lovely. Yeah. It is. It's very cute. There, yeah. there are a couple I do actually like. Yes, me too. <laughs> So on Monday, Claire approaches Terry and Liz and says that she talked to the coach and he gave her a tough time, you know, for walking out. But then he ultimately admits he might have reacted the same way if someone had, you know, mentioned his brother. Exactly. Yeah. Like it was it was a, a, a particularly extenuating circumstance the way things went down. Yeah. And he says that Ken is going to be the first string for the big match, but she'll basically be the sub. So she's going to get to, you know, go out and be part of the team. Um, yeah. No matter what happens. And she asks if Terry kept her side of the bargain and Terry said she did. So they're both delighted. And Claire goes off to apologize for the cheerleaders for saying that they they were useless. <laughs> Yeah, but also gender traitors. (laughs) Yeah, okay. I mean, that's fine. But also, there's never any talk about the cheerleaders apologizing apologizing to her. her. There's literally no mention of Jessica apologizing. Of course not. Like, but like, there's no mention of the cheerleaders also apologizing back for you know making fun of her dead fucking brother. And even if they hadn't known about the dead brother, um, like the idea that they sort of do a mean chant when she's cheering that's like that's meant it, to be like, a joke that they don't you know they don't know the details so they don't know how good humoured a joke it is that's it the whole point of the cheer was still to humiliate Claire and distract like, her yeah exactly yeah and to mess up to mess with her head like so yeah. I mean there's absolutely an apology needed there from them oh. but there's just there's no mention of it and that really fucking wound they, me up that, when I was they pass this. that book on to Terry and it's like well, really Terry do. didn't make any of you do the mean cheer True, yeah, yeah. Um, which baffled the crowd. So it's not like you thought, this is a hilarious joke that everybody's going to get. That's it. Like, it was a shit cheer. So all it did was really upset Claire and mm. then confuse the crowd. So it didn't even do its baseline job, which was to get people cheering. Oh, so, God. Yeah, anyway. Stupid cheerleader. Well, one thing that did cheer me up is that, uh, unlike old tennis girl having a salad a week, uh, cheer- uh, 
Claire says, I'd better plan on eating a lot this week. If coach is going to let me suit up for the game, I want to be ready to play. Oh my God. <laughs> Need some energy. Who knew? <laughs> well, uh, Terry says, Sweet Valley High is lucky to have two such great quarterbacks. And Terry is lucky that one is her boyfriend and the other is a new friend. No. So, uh, yeah, all's well that ends well between, uh, between them. And uh, we cut to the match. And Liz and Enid arrive late because when Elizabeth stopped by to pick her up, Enid was in tears. Yeah, apparently uh, Enid and Hugh had decided to split up for a while. And while Enid thought it was the best thing, she was still pretty upset about it. So clearly there was a bit of drama, I suppose, when when Liz had called Mm. over to get her. So that delayed them a bit. But it's kind of, it's like, oh, she kind of covers up then for Enid so nobody asks about Hugh or something when they get there so again it's kind of mentioned and then sort of put away again really quickly so it yeah. must be something coming up in a B plot I'm presuming yeah. yeah it's also like god the, like you've literally just broken up with your boyfriend but you can't miss the school match <laughs> I know yeah heaven That's it. and like would Hugh be at this as well because it's a big mace again yeah well, I mean, we know that the they're, they've got a lot of social expectations on them to go to these things, but really, <laughs> I think this would be a good excuse. So uh, before the kickoff, whatever the hell they call it, Ken admits that his, to Terry, his eyes are giving a bit of the trouble, uh, but he thinks he'll be okay. Um, the game begins and the, cheer, the clear, cheerleaders go crazy with their cheer for him. And I'm going to let you do it, Karen, because I know <laughs> you want to say that you've been waiting for the moment to cheer for Ken Matthews. <clears throat> Imagine the pom-poms. On, I'm putting on my best cheerleader voice. <laughs> okay. Ready? Let's go. Second and ten. That's our Ken. See him score. There will be more. Oh, Ken! Applause! <laughs> applause! Applause! Yay. Ooh, cartwheel, and then I fall over because I can't Ooh, do a cartwheel. I can't even try. No. Uh, <laughs> so we get sports talk, sports talk, sports talk. Uh, <laughs> Goes on for a few pages. I really wasn't paying attention. At halftime, the coach says they have to work a bit harder. And Terry's a bit worried about how, you know, pale and tired Ken looks. He's sort of rubbing at his eyes and stuff. And he says he's okay. Um, yeah, there's yeah, there's a few passes that he kind of messed up. Um, so he's not on his usual form. Even the form, I suppose, that he had shown in the tryouts. Yeah. He's not quite there. Mm. Um, so, like, Terry can see that it's it's his eyes that are giving him hassle yeah. now out on the pitch. And I think there's been an injury as well to one of their other players. Yeah. So it's it's not going super great for the gladiators right this second. It is not. And uh, when ter- he goes out on the the pitch again, he starts messing up on the pitch, on, you know, mid-play. And hmm. uh, eventually he stumbles. And Terry can tell he's having one of his sight blackouts. And Big Mies get the ball as a result. And Ken, at the neck, I mean, they obviously have all these tens and breaks. Um, Ken tells the coach to take him out of the match. He says he's just not up to, you know, he's not a, a mm. top um, a top level of performance. So coach is like, right, Claire, you're up. And uh, Ken admits to Terry that he did indeed sort of have one of his sight blackouts. Oh, yeah. But also Ken does say, I, I'm blowing it for the team. You should take me out, coach. And then it's like three plays later, Big Mesa had to punt the ball and Coach Schultz made his decision. It's like, as soon as Ken said, you should take me out. I know, coach. You should have taken him out. Like, what the fuck were they doing three more plays for? I know. Coach is like, really like, oh, he th- he's the reason that there are like 
American football players with severe head injuries. Exactly. Yeah. It's shit like that where it's like, look, he's having, you know, he has trouble with his vision. Mm. And if he doesn't feel like he's up to this, like you take that fucking guy off the pitch. <sighs> yeah. He shouldn't have to constantly demand it. I know. Yeah. It's like, please take me out. I can't do this right now. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, Claire gets called up and uh, the whole team start chanting. And like, I think the whole crowd start chanting for it. So that everybody's behind Claire. Yes. So it's, it's Including kind of exciting. Ken. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. There's no bitterness yes. in there. In our, in no, our no. Prince. And uh, <laughs> she's and he's glad she was. He says she was glad. He's glad that uh, she was there to save the day. But yeah, he his doctor did say he'd have blackouts for another few months, and he essentially ignored that advice. So he could try out. Pretty much, yeah. So he's like he is still recovering, like and yeah. it is slow going. So he probably was just going at it a, a bit too, too hard soon. and a yeah. bit too soon. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Jessica leads her chorus of vicious bitches in a new chant. <laughs> Who needs a guy when you've got Claire? She wants, she scores, she gets you there. Of all the heroes, she's the best, the greatest player in the West. <laughs> <laughs> and Terry feels nothing but joy and pride for her new friend as she... Uh, uh, basically enables the winning touchdown or something and uh, she she does yeah yeah i think she, does she score a touchdown as well at some point oh Possibly. i think she does yeah but she, she's she's totally the reason they win oh she is absolutely she pulls it back uh for them and it's all great but also i just because i, I had looked up these things and asked questions quarterbacks oh. don't usually score uh touchdowns i did think that yeah yeah so it's unusual for that to happen and again this is based on my very scant knowledge of nfl <laughs> so maybe it's different in high school football yeah <laughs> but i was reading this going i don't think that's right <laughs> <laughs> using your sport expertise american sports expertise <laughs> it's me your sports correspondent <laughs> <laughs> well, um, Jessica admits or pretends more likely that Claire's really changed my mind about girls playing football. And Amy says, I never thought I'd be saying this, but I'm proud of Claire. You don't have the right to be proud of her, you yeah. bitch. Fuck off. Claire has oh. no interest in you being proud of her. Ugh. But then Amy says has uh, a suggestion that uh, piques Jessica's interest. Uh, oh, yes. So she thinks that uh, Claire should try out for this spot, apparently, on Eric Parker's television show. Um, so Jessica's like, mm, what? What spot? <laughs> Immediately, here's the words television show. Oh, of course. And Amy's like, oh, you know, sometimes I forget that, you know, I hear about these things first, being the daughter of a TV personality and all. Um, just kind of rubbing it in everybody's face. Yeah. So apparently this guy, Eric Parker, like, why isn't it Jeremy Frank? Who's this guy? I was just going to say <laughs> that. Where is Frankly Speaking? Where indeed. So this guy, Eric Parker, is looking for a high school student to be on his show. Someone who typifies the all-American student. Um, and she's like, oh, but now that I think about it, I guess Claire is too unusual. And it's like, yeah, but that's who you want on your fucking talk show, surely, is the unusual student who's done something impressive. It's like not some randomer who's exactly. got nothing to show for herself. Like. Um, so, uh, yeah, she's... Um, oh, by the way, we're reminded Amy's mother is a sportscaster. So you'd think she'd have a slightly less uh, sexist view of girls in sport in the world of sports very true actually yeah. as opposed to so unfeminine <laughs> um so uh yeah uh apparently she mentioned this news about eric parker <laughs> justice for frankly speaking they better not have taken it off the air in favor of this new show <laughs> it's I mean, been cancelled how many but local like... <laughs> chat shows can they have truly yeah <laughs> Uh, so yeah, apparently she mentioned this to Lila earlier, and uh, Lila's going to try out. But uh, Jessica has a good point about Lila trying out. 
for this typical yeah. teen role. She's like, well, Lila isn't typical. She's like, for one thing, her father owns half of Southern California. How typical is that? Mm, fair um, enough. So Amy's like, oh, why are you so upset? Although actually now that I'm looking again, it's like apparently the whole country would be watching her is what Jessica is thinking. So maybe this is like a national uh, TV show. I mean, she's quite frankly, deluded. So. Frankly speaking, is a bit too local for her now <gasps> oh, at this stage. Yeah, she's going <laughs> national. That's it. <laughs> going for it. Well, she... Um, she thinks it was high time Jessica Wakefield got back into the limelight where she belonged. Fucking hell, have you not had enough attention? Seriously, I feel like this is how she's ended at least three books recently. Oh, as like, right. I haven't had enough attention in the last <laughs> while. It's time for everyone to look at me for a change. But like, this is such like, it's obviously a recurring theme anyway with Jess because mm. she's such an egomaniac. Yeah. But I just feel like recently this has been a thing with Jessica that it's like, no, it's paying attention. <laughs> you are right. I mean, Jessica, you know, we hate to break it to you, but that endless, bottomless pit of need inside you <laughs> will never be fulfilled by all this attention. Nothing will ever be enough um, well she thinks that uh, if Lila Fowler thought she was going to get the spot on Eric Parker's talk show, talk show she would find out that Jessica wasn't about to let, let friendship get in the way of stardom I mean <laughs> is anyone surprised by that she wouldn't let friendship get in the way of her you know getting to the front of a cinema queue like she would do <laughs> friendship is meaningless to her if it comes between her and whatever she wants at that given moment Absolutely, it's whatever she can get out of it yeah. is uh, how she rules. Well, that's the end of the book. So can you read us out? I can indeed. Will Jessica get her big chance to be on TV? Find out in Sweet Valley High number 71, yeah. starring Jessica. I mean, that's a good title. Mm. But I mean, she has already been on TV. That is true. Yeah, it's not like she's never been on telly before. Mm. But you know, it's just never enough. Well, that was Ms. Quarterback and it was way more entertaining than I thought it was going to be. I had a great time reading yes. this book. I was so pleased. I was so relieved. <laughs> oh, big time relieved. Oh God, as soon as Ken started talking about Claire, I was like, oh, thank God for that. Because <laughs> it really could have gone anyway. Like, um, So... Uh, do you have any stats and outfits for her after all that football drama? Or is it all just of that. football yeah, outfits? So, yeah, well, the, the outfits, mm. we do have Claire. Um, I think this is when Liz is interviewing her the first time. And they just kind of mentioned that Claire's slim figure is hidden by a loose-fitting red cotton sweater and a pair of worn jeans. Mm. Um, and then, other than that, it's pretty much just the, the cheerleading outfit, yeah. which you kind of know what it looks like. But, you know, I always appreciate a description. Go on. Um, so it's a red and white pleated skirt and a white sweater. So, you know. Maybe they'll be up in the merch in some oh day. <laughs> they'll be giving you, I mean, that wouldn't be creepy at all. We'll be giving you full cheerleader outfits. Oh, stop. I know. the um, And then actually the blondness and blue-green eyes have come back a bit because they've been a bit scant lately. Yes. So the blue-green eyes got three. Okay. Which, which is better than we've had recently. Definitely. And the blondness got four mentions. Okay. Well, I suspect with starring Jessica, we might get a few more outfits and... Mm. Uh, and blondness, etc. Oh, I feel, yes, quietly confident about that too, I have to say. Oh, well, uh, fingers crossed. But uh, in the meantime, listeners, let us know what, uh, what you think. Did, uh, did did we make any American football mistakes? We probably did. Was uh, I absolutely way off with all my research and my <laughs> questions that I badgered Angus about? Well, you did some actual research which more than I did. So your bits may be completely accurate. Mine will not. Uh, we'll find out. <laughs> did you share our relief that Ken did not disgrace himself and have to be oh, put in a bin? He came good. I'm so glad. No, it's okay. It's just me in the bin instead. Right. <laughs> we'll let you out for next time. Thanks. <laughs> well, you know how to contact us. Uh, you can get us on Twitter at SVH Podcast. 
You can send us an email at svhpodcast at gmail.com. And of course, you can find us on Instagram where there have been polls, there have been pictures of the jackets, um, all sorts of stories. Uh, Karen does sterling work uh, with her using her professional graphic design skills. <laughs> and you can find us there at SVH Podcast. Um, and of course, if you just want to go over, you don't have, if you're not like, signed up to Instagram you can still go over there and have a look at the images and get a link to our um our survey page mm. and uh, we do love hearing from you we we heard from a listener now I hope I'm pronouncing your name properly is it Nimi Plange Plange or Plange um well you said you bought Bar- Nimi bought um Nimi bought um Barry's tea after <laughs> listening to us I know, I feel like you should apologise for making somebody spend £9 on tea. (laughs) Oh my God, yes. Uh, Nimi said, it's nice. Not nice enough that I would drop £9 again on it though. Maybe they should sponsor the podcast. We would take that. I'll tell you, dream sponsor. Yeah. So, uh, well, we're we're sorry that we are influencing, led you to spend nine quid. (laughs) Unintentional influencing. Well, maybe that could be our new thing. Like tea influencers, I'll take that. Uh, but we hope you did enjoy the tea. And um, we also heard from a lot of people who did marine biology in high school. Oh, my God. Once again, we were completely wrong. Um, yeah, it, it seems like it was a very common thing to have a marine biology class and amazing fucking field trips, like going to Key West scuba diving and shit. Oh, and Antwerp Island in the Bahamas. Like, what is happening? Like, Jesus. <laughs> yes, 22nd K- CCKL said, I was in my school's marine biology class in Ohio in the mid-90s. Our trip was to Andros Island in the Bahamas. My grandma told my mom as the plane carried her baby away to a foreign country that she hoped the plane didn't crash and all those kids got eaten by sharks. Thanks, grandma. <laughs> Super sound. <laughs> yeah, uh, Elizabeth Keep went to a uh, scuba field trip. Um Shallow nonsense is our is my job. Confirmed that Monterey Aquarium, where Andy was getting his fellowship thing, is indeed real. They have a lovely live jellyfish cam and an otter cam. They do. I looked at the otter cam and it oh. is adorable. I highly oh. recommend it. Yes. Well, by the way, she also, uh, or he also, or they also did um, marine biology in school. Seems yeah, been like, literally everywhere. Not even truly. on the coast. Somebody in Ohio doing it. Like Ohio. Like there's no coastline there. And yes. they were doing, look, fair play. Because I mean, once again, we were completely wrong and mm. uh, happy to be correct. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we feel that we uh, missed out on something. We both grew up on the east coast of the country. Um, we didn't get to do any marine biology. They didn't take sure us didn't. like a few miles to the coast. <laughs> sure didn't. So uh, yeah, this is why this doing this podcast is an education for all of us. Honestly, it's a cultural exchange at this point. It is. Well, if you'd like to support our ongoing educational <laughs> program for the 30 and 40 somethings, you can do so by going to headstuffpodcasts.com and uh, signing up to support Headstuff Plus and you can support or signing up to support uh, Double Love and you can choose to spread your support over um, a number of podcasts or you can choose just to have your donations go straight to us but um, whatever you choose you'll get access to all the bonus materials from all the shows on the network and of course that includes Pi Beta Alpha and (laughs) the next episode of Pi Beta Alpha we will be discussing the episode based on Dear Sister and Dangerous Love. It's 
very exciting. It's a lot to pack into one episode, but we're going to do it. Oh, we will. Well, I mean, there's a reason these episodes are extremely long. So, uh, private alpha members, we'll see you in the clubhouse. You can get psych yourselves up thinking of your pink jackets that you'll obviously all be wearing while listening quite soon. (laughs) And everybody else, we will see you in two weeks. When we find out what happens when a certain Wakefield is going to make sure that the credits of a TV talk show read <laughs> Starring Jessica. Hell yes, beautifully done. Thank I love you. it. See you then, everybody. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Go team! Woo! <laughs> <laughs>This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com. Experience the difference at Woodhouse Buick GMC. From the GMC Acadia to the Buick Encore, we're sure to have a vehicle that fits your lifestyle. Our climate-controlled showroom guarantees a comfortable shopping experience every time you visit. Plus, our commitment to our customers continues well beyond the date of purchase. You will leave our lot feeling comfortable and confident in your new vehicle. Start your car buying journey today, in-store or online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com. We are professional grade.